This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Yes? Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly devil. Coming to you live from the Ziggurat at Omaha in caverns deep below the metro area, it's THN cover to cover for Saturday, February 12th, and my name, it's Matt Bob. And I'm the internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and Zoom to wrap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course, the question of the week live with our listeners. That is, if I'm not too busy kicking his ass at church bingo. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Game the chance. You rule at those. This is a you're, live you're, show. <laughs> like you are Patrick so mentioned. bad at it. How are you bad at it? I don't it? give it's a bingo. crap about bingo. I stopped paying attention. <laughs> this is a live show. We need you to play along. Jump into our Zoom. You can find the link over in our live stream on the Facebook. Or you can just join the Facebook chat and chat with us there. If you cannot be here live, feel free to leave us a message at the THN hotline, 402-819-4894. Or... You can send an MP3 to twitternerd at gmail.com. But before we open the phone lines and talk to you jerks, Joey, let's editorialize on some of this week's Nerd News. Uh, Before we get into the news, just a heads up that we will probably be discussing uh, recent nerdy TV shows and movies like uh, Star Trek Discovery, which came back this week. The Book of Boba Fett finale, Peacemaker. Uh, and less likely Naomi and Superman and Lois, but it could happen. Uh, you will, uh, you should expect spoilers if that happens. But if any other things come up, we'll let you know. Uh, we'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. we'll just case we'll by say case so. basis. And if case you want to talk yeah. about something, ask us. Is it okay to talk spoilers? And we'll let you. Know. Oh yeah, I, I did just saying for the big stuff. We're yeah. just just assume that there will be. DC has revealed the first look at the Justice Society in new Black Adam footage. That's right, from the DC Twitter desk. Dwayne The Rock Johnson tweeted out a trailer mashup featuring scenes from Black Adam, Aquaman 2, The Flash, and the Batman films. It was kind of like a, look at what we're doing in 2022. Aren't we going to be great? Some of this is connected. Some of it is not. <laughs> uh, and in his, his, in his Twitter... Uh, <laughs> The Rock said, called it the Black Adam universe, which I think is being very, very uh, optimistic. He's having fun there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Most importantly, however, we did get our first look in action of the JSA, including Hawkman, Adam Smasher, Cyclone, and Dr. Fate, Matt. How thrilled are you to see your Hawkman on the big screen? He looks so cool. (laughs) so cool and you know what this is like the third this is the third time we'll be getting a live action hawkman the first time in a movie yeah and let me tell you what uh i am so like i am sympathetically embarrassed yeah for uh the wb and the cw for their shit ass attempts at bringing hawkman to tv before it's always been so terrible it's oh oh god so terrible (laughs) well and it's not it's not just like the look of it it's the casting of it yeah it's been across the board awful and this is like this is everything you want and the actor playing hawkman aldous hodge uh, who's from leverage 
Uh, I f- love that guy. He's great. I love him. Yeah, he's totally and great. And Dr. Fate, Dr. Fate looks amazing. Oh, I, Adam, Adam Smasher. Yeah, they showed Adam, Adam Smasher, Smasher, giant Adam Smasher. Like running through the street. It looks great. Here's the only thing that I'm worried about. Okay. Uh-huh. We get five minutes of JSA action. It's the coolest thing we've ever seen. And then Black Adam murders them all on screen. <laughs> what if no, that no, no, happens? No, 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 How do you no, feel no, no. if that happens? That's not what's going to happen. Are you? I'm not even going to entertain that. Are story. you sure? <laughs> yes, they're not going to murder the JSA. This no, I think DC. that this is them. No, 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 mm. no. Uh, because, uh, and I'll tell you, first of all, How I'll else tell you. How will establish he's a bad guy? I don't think they're going to establish that he's a bad guy. I think he will be an anti-hero. Mm. I think that he will be uh, somebody that people thought was bad and that maybe has done bad things, but... Yeah, much like the character in the comic. I mean, he's done yes. really, really bad stuff. Like, I mean, the, prior to Jeff Johns's, uh, prior to Jeff Johns getting a hold, of me, a hold of me in JSA, like, Black Adam had always been a villain. Yeah, he was just a bad guy. Um, but now we know that he is just like, you know, he's this... Uh, he's this take no prisoners uh, ends justify the means protect my people kind of whatever he's yeah. not like some cackling world domination guy no he's like a doctor um, doom kind of like he runs a country he wants what's well, best for his country not even a doctor doom doctor doom wants to rule the world i mean i guess yeah that's true but like yeah he was a not, big jerk jim that's right he was a jerk in his head he's not a bad guy well sure I think the JSA on film is going to be around in a while, uh, around for a while. I think like the whole tone of this mashup trailer was like optimism and heroes. Like the world needs heroes. Like I know where we were with, I know where we were with the DC movies. I get it. I don't trust, but this is also tied to Shazam. Right. And we like, there's no reason to like, there's no black Adam is not going to snap Dr. Fate's neck in the five minutes. He's on screen. No, I would be willing to bet. That that is the only scene. I don't know about everybody, but I'm willing to bet that's the only scene we see of Dr. Fate. No, I don't think a, so. Do you want a nerd bet on it? I want a nerd bet on it. Nerd yeah, bet. I'll nerd bet on it. Right. I think the, J, I think the Justice Society is going to be a major part of the Black Adam movie. That's the whole point. I don't think they are. I think it's D's. I, no. No. <laughs> I, I, I will win this nerd bet 100%. All right. In other news, Warner Brothers discovers they, ha- they actually own a comic book company. You may notice... Something new the next time you see the trailer for Robert Pattinson's upcoming The Batman film. And it's not new footage of the bat and the cat whispering sweet nothings. The WB has started advertising actual comic books after the trailer. Sure. They probably should have been doing this since the premiere of Superman, the motion picture, but better 44 years late than never. Right, Joe? I know, really. <laughs> How is this just occurring to them? <laughs> now, I, I, to be fair, I have seen like comic shop locator service sure. in like in, in credits in there, but it's always it's also always been so small and blink if you yeah, miss it. Totally like this is buried. the first time this is the first time I've ever heard of them doing like an actual like. Here are several seconds of this yeah. advertisement for comic shops and where to get comic books, where to get graphic novels. Um, and it's like wh- they're going to do this for all of their 22 mo- uh, 2022 movies, uh, which is great. And uh, I just I, I can't imagine why they haven't done it before now. Yeah, it's it's insane. Why not I have to, like right before every movie? Or something, you know, too. It was like, here's Aquaman 2. Want to read more about Aquaman? Check out these Aquaman books. And now, yeah. Aquaman 2. You know, like, 
you guys own this. Why not advertise it? <laughs> well, and it's like it, it, it's not it's not like I mean, it is and it isn't, but it's not like DC Comics's job. Right. Necessarily yeah, to be like, they don't hey, know guys, the movie you studio. excited about this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's all one company, but it, it, like there it's under an umbrella. Right. It's like it, it's also like it's not Marvel's job to say, hey, we got an Iron Fist show coming out. Right. Let's get to my like they do because they think they can sell comics. You know, they synergize new titles based on what's coming out. Sure. But as far as like promoting like one one hand shaking the other, whatever the phrase is, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah. They're going to be making these like six foot tall stand up uh, book racks uh, shaped like f-ing Batman to yeah. send to the. Like, yeah, why every movie, every movie, guys, there's every no movie. reason not to. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason. If look, if Matt Damon can afford to have a commercial calling me, you know, uh, a pansy for not buying crypto before <laughs> movies, then I don't see why DC can't have a brief commercial for their comics. They also have a QR code on screen. You can scan. It takes you to DCUniverseInfinite.com, straight to the Batman comics page. Marvel better follow suit because this is one hundred makes sense. It just 100%. makes sense. They have a, a selection of like here are some recommended, uh, here are some books to recommend for fans interested in this particular version of the Batman on screen. Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli's Batman Year One, excellent. Um, Ego and other tales by Darwin Cook, uh, The Long Halloween, obviously. Well, I mean, it's always obvious to recommend The Long Halloween. Also, inexplicably, uh, these. Batman Scooby Doo team up comic. Yeah. <laughs> from the Batman and Scooby t- from the you know, from the cartoon universe. For the kids that are going to see a super dark version yeah, of the Riddler uh, yeah. murder people. <laughs> right. But I mean I, it's fun though. I mean, right, yeah, yeah whatever. Know, yeah, it's but like, they look, also we have, have ads for we have Batman for kids too, right? They also have ads for the monthly Batman and the monthly detective comics. That's crazy. It's I mean that's Way fantastic to, i i want to say way to go but it's way too late for this yeah it's like congrats it's like it's like thanking somebody for something they should have right. done from, like, them, from oh, the oh yeah i forgot yeah he's in comics from too. the first time a superhero ever made its way to this right big screen like this should have been happening moving over to comics we are experiencing a face turn for the all new thunderbolts traditionally the thunderbolts has been a team of bad guys seeking redemption or bad guys just, yeah, you know, other times being forced bad to be good. Yeah, they've had or, you know, wrestlers. It's 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 had a lot sure. of different <laughs> things. Uh, but this May, the team reforms as a group of heroes led by Hawkeye and they will become New York's first authorized super team in the wake of Mayor Wilson Fisk passing an anti superhero law in the pages of Devil's Reign. There's been a lot of suspicion about a Thunderbolts relaunch and the team making an appearance in the MCU, but I don't think either of us saw this coming. Not really, right? Um, I'm not, this is not going to be me going, hmm, who cares, whatever. This is interesting. I like Hawkeye leading a team. That's kind of fun. The team itself is Spectrum, Monica Rambeau, America Chavez, Power Man, not that Power Man. This is Victor Alvarez, the other one. Yeah, the, the one that... The one that can summon the chi of New York City. Right. Persuasion, the former purple girl, Kara Kilgrave, son of the mm-hmm. purple or daughter of the purple man. From Gamma Flight. Yeah. <laughs> or Beta Flight. One of those flights. I believe it was, I believe it was Beta Flight. Two new characters. One we don't know. Kind of looks like a weird little monster thing. The, uh, it looks like a robot troll. Yeah. Sort of. And the other one is a cyborg named Guts and Glory. G-U-T-S-E-N. 
Gut, guts glory. And, yeah. Do you get it? It's, it's familial. You get yeah, it? it's a like familial guts name. Guts and glory. See what he did there? Yeah, it's guts and what's his grandfather. Uh-huh. So this is written by Jim Zub with art by Sean Isaacs. This would technically be Thunderbolts Volume 4. I am not the biggest. You know, you say that out loud, but in my head, my head refuses to believe that that's accurate. But I understand that that is Marvel. It seems like there's, yeah, 18 volumes. Of uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, I am not the biggest Jim Zub Marvel superhero fan. When he's writing fantasy, I'm in. And it's good. I I thought his champions was pretty good. It was, but, yeah, it was um, fun. And some of these characters are right out of the pages of champions. I don't know if I care a lot about this team yet. And it's well, not none a, of them are out of the pages of champions. Well, the power man, Victor Alvarez. Oh, power man, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Power yeah. Ba- and Amer- maybe America. Oh, I don't America think America. Chavez. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there. America Chavez was a member of the champions, but uh, she was in the young Avengers. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Power man, I think was around. I just don't um, know if I feel, and this isn't like a too many black people, too many women. Blah. I just don't know these characters very well. So yeah, I mean, I, Hawkeye to me is the only connection to the actual Thunderbolts. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know how much um, I care. And it's, I mean, I like, I like Monica Rambeau obviously, but yeah. yeah, I, I am, I don't have a ton of like, I, I I've read some America Chavez stories. Like I read West coast Avengers, um, we really Kelly liked Thompson's the most West recent, Avengers. the most recent American Chavez. We really liked the first um, issue we reviewed anyway, but, uh, but yeah, I don't have a ton of Like I have zero purple girl experience. Yeah. Uh, and power man is a character that I don't really care about. Like, yeah. I don't really care about the new power man. I, it, it's he's, he's just whatever to me. He's he right. could be there. He could not, I could take him or leave him. Um, but, uh, I mean, I do like the Thunderbolts as a concept and now just a point of clarification, because I think you may have read the story a little more closely than I did. Are these people working for Fisk or are they, here's where I'll go with that. Marvel, maybe is, these are devil's reign spoilers and they haven't revealed it yet. Yes. I, I think my, Marvel's being I'm, clever. I'm, I'm saying, I don't think that Wilson Fisk is going to be the mayor after devil's reign. Okay. So Marvel is very clever here in not telling us exactly what's going on and spoiling anything. All they said... It's in the wake of Mayor Fisk. All they said is... Yeah. Well, not even in the wake of Mayor Fisk. In the wake of the law he passed. So right, we, right. He you may know, still right. be made a mayor. He may not be. I didn't, the I law mean, could using, still be around. We don't know. He's using the purple man. He's using superpowers to coerce the city of New York, so I doubt it. Yeah. So um, and, and maybe that's what he's doing here, too, because I find it hard to believe that Hawkeye would work for Wilson Fisk. But I can see, like, I can see New York, uh, I can see New York going, hey, you know what, we, we were wrong, uh, like, obviously we were wrong, but we do like the idea of having our own Well, the other side of this on is the, payroll. the twist, just like there's always a twist with Thunderbolts, where he is using the purple man's powers or something, and making them do stuff they would not normally do, and everyone's like, what is wrong with Hawkeye and Monica Rambeau and these guys? They're trapped. I guess we'll see. You know, and I need to get, uh, yeah. No, I need to get caught up on Devil's Reign. I, I've only read the first couple. It's great. Um, it is great. <laughs> no, I, I, I really Legit like it. Great. Um, but I like bottom line. I I really like the Thunderbolts a, as a concept. This to me does this is like, hey, we're going to use the Thunderbolts name um, because the Thunderbolts uh, brings up a very specific. Well, but they were also calling like the the evil police the Thunderbolts. Yeah, no, it's Devil's true. Well. And no, and I get it. It's and and like the name has meant different things. Sure. But to me, when you say we're bringing back the Thunderbolts, that to me means like villains trying to be good guys, and that's not what this is. And I think the interesting um, twist here would be good guys being forced to be villains. Ooh, against, their, you know, that's what? what I'm saying. That is a 
That is a pretty interesting twist. Fisk uses the purple man and makes Hawkeye and this team do his bidding. And everyone else in the Marvel universe is just like, what is wrong with them? I don't get it. You know? And they're secretly fighting to get out from under his thumb or something like that's an interesting twist. I could get behind that. I could also buy this group of characters, the purple girl, for example, being there, being forced to do this, you know, and maybe I care a little bit about power man in this situation. We get to learn about, I don't know. But if it's not something with a clever twist like that, and they're just like, we're doing our job as heroes, I don't care. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, I'll care if it's I'll care if it's good. If I it's mean, good. That's, if it's the, good. That's, that's really the bottom line with any comic. If it's good, I'll care. Sure. I guess just Thunderbolts. Yeah, I mean, I think I do expect, expect it to have some sort of hook. Right. Exactly. There's exactly got to be a Thunderbolts right. twisty thing. And finally, yet another crisis is coming to DC, and this one <sighs> is dark. Is just in time, too. We were almost out of crises. We were almost out of crises. I mean, we had the final one, and somehow we've had three crises since then. Yeah, and I think they should just keep going final. Final crisis, final, final crisis, final, final, final crisis. Finalist, double final. Just like Final Destination. We're like, the fifth one was called Final, 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 Final Destination. Or five null destination is what I like to call it. This summer, it's crisis time again as writer Joshua Williamson and artist Daniel Sampier team up for what they are calling, quote, a love letter to the DCU dark crisis williamson describes dark crisis as quote an epic dcu event about legacy that spins out of justice league 75's death of the justice league and connects all the story threads since 2021's infinite frontier number zero matt are you ready to do the crisis dance one more time oh i don't know (laughs) i don't know uh so there's a lot going on with this and i instantly recoil when i see another crisis because quite honestly I think it's safe to say there's only been one good crisis, and that was the first crisis. The rest uh, have I mean, been varying in quality, you know. There are many events that are considered a crisis event, right. uh, uh, and they're not all, Yeah, I mean, some of them are like kind of stretches, like identity crisis. Yeah, yeah it's got the word crisis in it, but it's not, I mean, it's what not, is it? it's now, not a crisis. The thing that makes me feel better, it's a quote from Williamson, he says, it this story dark crisis will have all the giant fun cosmic battles and multiversal set pieces but it's not about reboots retcons or rewriting time and space at its core it's about the characters and the relationships that we've seen built over dc's great history that makes me feel yes um and it also like if you look at some of the promo art they've released it does kind of seem to repurpose or maybe take the place of uh, that rumored 5G or generations yeah. uh, idea where it's uh, like uh, the legacy of the various characters yes. throughout the multiverse, uh, throughout the different ages of DC. The big twist is that Pariah, who is a protagonist of the original Crisis on Infinite Earths, is the villain. Uh, he last appeared in the epilogue of Infinite Frontier number six, uh, and he's using the great darkness as a weapon to bring his multiverse which is now dubbed Multiverse 2 <laughs> in the new greater DC Omniverse. I'm, I mean, it's I'm, that's fine. It tracks with the Earth. I know, Earth I know. Three. I just get like multi-multiverses is giving me the will. Like, uh, I mean, yes. Like if if you're already dealing with a multiverse, then what's then how can you have two right. multiverses? Right, why would you, you need a multi-multiverse? A, a multiverse. <laughs> Come on. I, I, don't, I don't really get that, how you do that math. Um, but he's trying to bring his own multiverse back from obliteration. Uh, the mad pariah wants to destroy Earth Zero, 
which is what we now call Earth One, Earth Prime, New Earth. It's the main DC Earth. Yeah. Um, in his quest for rebirth and vengeance, uh, here is a DC quote. Witness the rise and fall of the Justice League. The team has been defeated by the great darkness and his dark army and a new generation of DC superheroes have to rise up to protect not just the multiverse, but the legacy of the DC universe. Uh, the, the lineup of the dark army has been revealed. Uh, Pariah, Eclipso, Doomsday, The Empty Hand, which is um, uh, a Grant Morrison, uh, a Grant Morrison thing. You will know him as like uh, he's the guy that controlled the gentry, which is those weird little bat things with the one eyeball. Oh, uh, like okay. he's like, yeah, it's a yeah, Grant yeah. Morrison thing. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, Necron, Neron, which like that's like a that's like a wordle trick, right? You're, <laughs> you're trying to figure out your wordle for the day. Uh, dark side. Well, dark side, maybe not. Aries. Uh, God of War. Um, they 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 didn't name drop him, but they they do show that he's upside pictured. down man from Justice League Dark. Yeah, he's in he's in the promo art. Um, and Deathstroke. Now, um, there's some confusion as to whether or not Spectre, Darkseid, and Deathstroke are actually in the Dark Army, or if they are just featured in some yeah, of the like art. Witnessing, or I don't know. Yeah, um, because Darkseid is at, according to how he's been portrayed. Uh, recently in um, Justice League Incarnate, Darkseid is actually trying to fight the Great Darkness. Deathstroke has no business being there, frankly. Yeah, that's that was my uh, question. Like, you look <laughs> at this list and it's like, God, God, Demon, God, Deathstroke. Right. You know, like, I mean, yeah, it, it's like, uh, dude's right, a badass. Like, uh, it's like a Rainbow Raider. Right. Like, no. Dude is a badass. Uh, I'll give you that. But at the same time, Batman's just a guy and he hangs out with Superman, yeah, Wonder Woman. All right. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I'm sorry. No, well, they have gone out of their uh, way to make Deathstroke like the ultimate badass for quite I, a while. I, I understand. So, I, mean, I, I just I, I think that's very silly if that's what they're trying to do. I kind of. Um, so um, the Great Darkness, there's some confusion about the Great Darkness, or at least on my part. Um, the, the Great Darkness really invokes one thing, and that is the Great Darkness saga. Yeah. Um, from the Legion of Superheroes, which we reviewed on the show. Um, and what has since been revealed um, in the pages of Justice League Incarnate is that the Great Darkness is kind of like the bad guy, the be-all and end-all of villains, who is responsible for every single crisis-level event that we've had since the original. Is it a creature so, or is it like the nothing from NeverEnding Story? Um, you know what? You're, that's a good question because they do kind of describe it as the nothing, the nothingness from which life was okay. born, and they they want the nothingness to return. Okay. And so uh, the great darkness. So like, great darkness is responsible for the Anti Monitor. He's responsible for Superboy Prime doing his shit. He's responsible for um, uh, the Empty Hand uh, doing his Grant Morrison stuff. He's responsible for Dark Side trying to get at the afterlife, uh, the anti life equation in the Great Darkness Saga. So the Great Darkness is like a blanket villain that has that has caused all of these events. Darkest Night, or Blackest Night, rather. Um, Underworld Unleashed. Like, all of that stuff Amazon's is... Amazon's Attack. Amazon's <laughs> Attack. Yeah, JL Ape. That's because of the Great Darkness. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and now he's just like... I am, I am revealed, and I am coming for you. This is my army, and he, they've killed the justice league and that's the starting point of dark crisis i do agree with you it looks like they sort of pushed this 5g thing down the line a bit and 
so they could build to this. Is Williamson the guy for this? Do you? I mean, like this is would be the biggest job he's ever had. Well, Williamson has been the multiverse guy. Yeah. He, like he's he's the multiverse guy right now. Yeah, he's Infinite the Frontier one he was was his dog. He's, he wrote Infinite Frontier. He's writing Justice League Incarnate. Like he's the like this this whole this revelation from the most recent Justice League Incarnate about the great darkness. Um, that that was him. He wrote that. So I mean, yeah. He is the guy and he it's clear when you read interviews with him that it, like when he says stuff like it's a love letter to DC and yeah. it's going to have all the fun multiversal stuff like you believe him because he I do believe is like he wears his love for that kind of multiverse uh, DC legacy stuff on his sleeve. Right. And so and we were a little worried when he started getting all these jobs at DC. And we're like, do we want him to write? Everything? Well, because we didn't really know him. Yeah to be capable of that sort of thing outside of the at flash that point right we were like eh, okay. yeah but i think he's been from what i've read and i haven't read all of it he's been doing pretty good yeah right yes like i think this could be fun i i think since they've come right out and said look no reboots no bullshit we're just going to tell a big crossover remember when dc used to do those when dc could just do a crossover and it didn't yeah. end continuity as we knew it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, that and, will and be to nice. Be, <laughs> to, to be fair, they have done some of that. Like we've had those little small crossovers between like Wonder Woman and Justice League Dark, and and uh, well, I guess I'm talking Aquaman about man and what I mean, but big like events and that, like yeah, like Final Night, right? Like right. Final Night. Yes, yeah, it's perfect example. The sun got eaten. Yes, but you know what? That only affects the one planet you care about. Yeah. And then, like, the Superman's uh, marriage isn't going to be changed at the end of it. <laughs> or, you know, his parents suddenly being dead or alive. Like, it's uh, like it's continuity will be the same right. when the sun comes back on. And the, yeah. And they also say, like, the Justice League has been defeated and defeated in quotes. And like the quote story is called Death of the Justice League. And then in here, they're like, they got to save the Justice League. Like, well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, thank no. You. Thank I, you for I being think, honest with us. I, I think um, I, I think what the, the rumor is, is that the DC universe will believe that the Justice League is yeah, dead. Of course. And we, the readers, will know that they have been, you know, captured or taken off the board or something. They'll like, put they'll Superboy gone. back in the bubble, make him beat on the wall, and the Justice League will come out of the Great Darkness's butt, and they're reborn and we're saved. Again with the butt. Yeah. You got to knock it off. Everything you got to stop butt, being obsessed with creatures having butts. Everything has a butt, Joe, and you're just going to have to deal with it. All right, let's set up a question of the week, and then let's open these damn phone lines. What do we got? This week's question was inspired by Valentine's Day, which is coming right up. Bye. We want to know my Valentine's Day. We want to know your favorite unlikely or unrequited romance in comics. Now, Matt Bomb added the unrequited part because I can't really think of too many characters in comics where we know that one character loved another so much, but they never got together. I can think of one. Another. In a way that you, you would think of it as like, a, oh man, remember that romance that never was? And the only example he could come up with was Deadpool and Siren. That was my answer. Don't give it away. I want to talk about it. That's one. That's one. That's one answer. No, there was there, oh, there was others and we'll talk about it later. All right. I don't want um, to but unlikely, unlikely romance would be like two characters that shouldn't work, that don't make any sense together, but they ended up together and you just really love it. Totally. Let's get or or unrequited, where one character loved another, or they both loved each other, and for whatever reasons, the stars didn't align. Yeah, or they agreed it couldn't work. Like, no good. We can't do it. Good morning. Yeah, you know what? That's a good way to put it. Yeah. JD got a catch. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. What are we rapping about today, friend? 
Um, well, I'd start with a question of the week, I guess. Let's do it. Um, uh, well, hold on. You, um, you said something about, you asked... Uh, yeah, who was, who was the, the female character in those JSA picks? That's Cyclone. That's okay. uh, She's wearing a green. That's Cyclone. Okay. Um, in the comics, uh, she is the granddaughter of Ma Hunkle, the original Red Tornado, who <laughs> does not have tornado powers. However, Cyclone, for some reason, does. <laughs> Look at my brain. Hurts well, her name is Cyclone, I'm, Joe. I'm It'd be weird if she had like flame. Yeah, powers. yeah, no. The grand, <laughs> yeah, uh, Maxine, Maxine Hunkel, the granddaughter of the original Red Tornado, who was just an old lady that wore a pot on her head to fight crime. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, that's Cyclone. All right, well, let's go back to Marvel. Okay. <laughs> uh, so my 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 immediate answer to this is uh, Kitty and Ilyana. Oh, oh, I, I like, like that. It. I like it. I like that. Yeah, because that subtext totally. I mean, which has only recently become text since uh, Marauders. I would actually. go. I think right. Chris Claremont laid seeds for that back in the day. That Iliana. Yeah, but uh, no, but it was he, only subtext. Yeah, no, it was subtext, subtext. Right. Yeah. But in yeah, yeah. in in Marauders, like Kitty plants one honor. Yeah. 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 Straight up. Um, but it's not so, like this is out of the blue. Is what I'm saying. This has been around. But okay, speaking of Claremont, though, I, I need to take issue with something you said recently, Matt, about Nightcrawler. Lay it on me. That Nightcrawler hasn't been written well since Claremont and John Byrne Fair and enough. that area. Did you forget all about Excalibur? No, but I guess that's I'm still I I and you're right, it's not in that era, but it's so long ago that I think I'm considering it as part of that era. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, yeah. Like, oh, all right. so you're just so you were close. you were omitting it. You were just clumping it. Yeah, I mean, like I okay. loved Excalibur and I loved <laughs> yeah. Nightcrawler. On that's the my favorite Nightcrawler. But it was so too. close to that X stuff that I also loved that it was just like all one big mishmash of the Nightcrawler I loved. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's all. Um, so moving on, I wanted to talk quickly about uh, TV. Uh, thanks to uh, Wooly Toots for bringing up Arcane. That is really good. I'm only a couple of episodes in. But similar to that, has anybody been watching uh, The Legend of Box Machina on Amazon? No, I don't even know what that no. is. What? It's the animated it's Critical Role, right? Yeah, it's the oh. animated adventures of Critical Role. Okay. Which I've never watched a minute of Critical Role. Um, and I've only played maybe I can count on one hand the amount of times I've played D and D. Uh, but this is just totally fun. This is like David Robbins loves Critical Role, right? That's his jam. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah to I believe him. so. Yeah, we'll talk to him yeah, a little the, bit here, but he loves all that. Yeah, he loves all that role playing uh, type stuff. Yeah, the 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 live the the actual play role playing uh, media, I guess, is what it would be. But yeah, uh, Legend of Vox Machina was just fun. I mean, I don't you don't have to know anything about anything similar to Arcane with League of Legends. I was actually talking to a friend of mine who's a big gamer, and he says Arcane is actually more fun if you don't know anything about League of Legends. Fair Just enough. because I guess I guess the fandom around League of Legends or the player the, the player community is so toxic. I was gonna say oh, yeah. because well, like, like, any, like any video game. I, I I was gonna I started I like started it and fell asleep. But the, the intro it's beautiful. The animation yeah. is absolutely yeah. gorgeous. But I read a little bit online and. People were just like mm-hmm. dunking on this show, and I was like, "Well, yeah. why is everybody saying it's great?" And the and I think it's just like. The fans, of course, yeah. hate it. Yeah. You know, go figure. Somebody but tweeted the, earlier this week, and it was a beautiful tweet. They said, "I hope you find someone who loves you as much as Star Wars fans hate Star Wars." Yes, and I, <laughs> and I was like, that was, uh, that, yes, was our, that's "That was our that was my that was my friend uh, James Kaplan, yeah. uh, who calls into the show." Um, yeah, that's a very funny tweet. Yes, but that's right absolutely. up there. Like, our, like apparently, League of Legends fans 
hate this shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, you should definitely check out the, the box market. I think it's only six episodes. They're like half hour each. It's, it's really quick and easy, but uh, the, the fun thing about this show is that the players from critical role are all actually voice actors in real life. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. And they're voicing their characters. So they know what to do. They've, they've yeah, got that. Yeah. yeah. And, but I mean, the storyline, I mean, it's not super D and D lore heavy. It's very character driven. You fall in love with these characters. You really start rooting for them. The thing I also like about it too, is it's definitely a grown up version of fantasy. I mean, there's, okay, cool. you know, there's a lot of, you like it. There's a lot of gore, Nice, but it's funny gore. Like in the yeah. very first, like thing like you see the the traditional like dnd warrior party like coming on to take on the the threat and immediately one just gets squashed <laughs> <laughs> see okay i think i would like this a lot more i and this is not, i'm not like bagging on you know the real play role play right. stuff i just find it hard to get invested in watching a bunch of people sit around and play dnd even when they're funny it just yeah. it's a little long form for me i find it a little yeah. boring but an yeah, animated type thing like this is, with those people that yeah. sounds brilliant that yeah, and like it's fun, and I mean, there's lots of what the f**ks, and people yeah. say that their their bard is hilarious, and the music's actually legit good. Nice, I will definitely like, check this out. This sounds like, like fun. He's, he's like an R and B soul singer. <laughs> nice, <laughs> like in the cheesiest like <laughs> lounge singer way, but he's also like like three foot nothing, right? With with a magical cod piece. <laughs> This sounds like a very good time. I will definitely check this uh, out. Yeah, I mean, comics uh, comics get a lot of shit for their fandom being toxic, and don't get me wrong, it is. Oh, sure. Every fandom is but, to some extent. But, I mean, like, video game people, oh, Star yeah. Wars people, like, yeah. you know what? It always it always looks more gross when you're looking at somebody else's yard. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's like the opposite of the grass always being greener. It's like there's way more dog shit in that yard than in my yard. Yeah. Um, it, but like <clears throat> video game fandom is is like harmfully toxic in a way that is kind of frightening sometimes well um you're talking about comics fandom being that toxic too i mean or having similarities or being called out for it i was realizing today that uh i've kind of cut down my podcasts to just you guys and a handful of others and hey we made uh, the cut (laughs) but the other two comics cut podcasts that i listen to are official marvel podcasts it's this week Mm -hmm. in marvel and pull list and i was listening to it and i was like i was just happy and listening and it was just so positive i'm like yeah this is a 100% propaganda echo chamber, but I don't want the sometimes that's devil's fine. advocate. Yeah, you know other other side of the of the story. Yeah, I just want I yeah. just want to feel good about the books I'm reading. I think we also yeah, try I to play that. devil's advocate, but that can be done without being. A racist, right. a misogynist, yeah, uh, you know, right. Like I can, a complete look, I can, asshole. I can be. <laughs> you know. I can think that the Snyder cut sucks without uh, making personal attacks against Zack exactly. Snyder or Joss Whedon or Ray yeah. Fisher or anybody right. else involved. Uh, well, Joss Whedon, we know that he got that <laughs> shit back now. But um, hey, but yeah, he, it, he made up for it when he recently did that interview, and he was like, "It was all these other bitches' fault. We agree, right?" And yeah, they're like, "Don't, like, don't they know?" Yeah, I just, yeah, I feel yeah, better right. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was the uh, hot bitches be hot bitches. He had to make do? so much you know? stuff I like. <laughs> talk about cell phones, man. Like I've never seen a bigger cell phone. That's yeah. the biggest cell phone I've like, seen in a long time. Right. Wow. He had to make so much stuff I like. Yeah. What's I sad is like Josh doesn't have a friend that was like, I don't know, 
if you should do that. <laughs> and like, that's was the saddest it? part was of it, that was it, story. <laughs> was it, it was a variety, right? right? And the writer from the writer from Variety is like, look, you guys. I really tried. Yeah. And he was like, I didn't coax this. I'm not trying to make it look bad. Josh this wasn't an attack. This wasn't an attack piece. And, and this, this wasn't an attack piece. Fell out of his mouth. And I went, yeah. that really? Uh, it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can you can be critical of the things that you love without being a sure. trick bag, yeah. without like revealing women's personal identifiable inner inner information on the internet yeah. yeah so that they can be stalked and harassed Ugh. um without you know yeah like trying to get people fired from their jobs right. like you can you can be critical without being what these right. people do your viewership your ratings and the money you make won't just won't be as much unfortunately <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like they're um they're taking all of their lessons from the the fox news alex jones yeah. joe rogan jd like, style we, we got to keep moving we got a bunch of people in line but it is very good to talk to you brother all right talk to you guys later thanks jd have a good one man damon chan get in here it's been a little while we haven't heard from you man how you been Hello, Damon oh Chan. God. There he is. Oh my, God. Oh my mic died. Hello, how all are right. you guys? Through the power of editing, no one will know that happened. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank <laughs> all right. you. All right. No one will know that you farted so loud on the oh. internet in front of everybody. Don't Jeez, worry. If, if you had only heard that, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> what so, are we but rapping yeah, about me, today? Uh, yeah, yeah. I got a couple things. Um, but let me. I have many thoughts, but I'm gonna try to organize them in a in a organized fashion. I appreciate. <laughs> that. Um, yeah. So the um, let me start with the question of the week. Um, the, the unrequited love that I, <laughs> I, I think defines the question is death and Thanos. Um, <laughs> listen, That's this a guy beautiful had, answer. listen, this guy has the most, just, un- she's just stringing that guy along. Yeah, but he's yeah. not in it for the looks. He truly no. loves her. She's well, got yeah, a that's, skull that's face, what makes it, Joe. That's what makes it tragic. I didn't say looks. I mean, she's stringing it. <laughs> like da- it's, Damon is starting to say, and I got a little excited, but like she is just like, she is letting him fawn all over her oh, yeah. and buy yeah. her gifts yeah. and a, kill half the universe for exactly. her. She's, she's Hollow like, Oats gone. level sure. man eater. All right. She's yeah. bad news. Like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. here she comes. Well, Look out, boys. I mean, she's the definition of that. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then I wanted to talk about uh, Boba Fett and Peacemaker. She you guys are caught up, right? Jesse We're caught up. says she won't even talk to the guy. No, that's the way she I love the fact that she just does barely, she just hardly ever talks to anyone, which is. No, okay. There, for a while there, Death like had the skull face, but she was still yep. like kind of buxom and had sexy legs, mm-hmm. right? She wasn't just she like still a does. skeleton. I mean, she's she didn't. We never saw her legs. She's just in the robe, but okay. she's got a shapely figure. Yeah. Oh, you can okay. see it. <laughs> Which yeah, is you weird. can see her like, curves under there. Like I'm Death. Mm-hmm. Although I'm alive in all the parts that counts, baby. Yeah, I guess so. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Thanos let's talk Boba still, Fett yeah. and Peacemaker. We are both yes. caught up. Spoiler time Excellent. because there's no okay. other way to do this without spoilers. Get no, into it. No. All right. So let me start with Boba Fett. Um. So I actually really loved the season finale okay um i thought it was full of action uh, exactly kind of what i wanted to see throughout the season to be honest with you but um in terms of like how they i guess the, you know the climax and you know the backstabs and sure. the crazy rancor running through the street beating up droids yeah that was pretty dope and uh, i was a little i was a little um let down by the cad bane and boba fett 
like kind of final showdown. Yeah. Um, that kind of like uh, put a little, you know, cold water on that particular encounter. But did that give you some uh, every, Darth Maul kind of feelings where it's like a little. Oh, my God. They introduced this kick ass bad yeah. guy. Oh, my God. He's so bad. He's just oh, he's dead. Oh, yeah. Pretty oh. Much. Got stabbed by a stick. I um, mean, I'm hoping he's I'm hoping he's all right. Only mostly dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like I like he didn't get cut in half. I'll say that. No, I'll he say did that. Get, he did not. Like he didn't get swallowed by a sand beast. I guess and, and it takes also, forty years to crawl out. But you know? I'm also kind of tired of like mostly dead Star Wars too. Like let's stick to yeah. it. If someone's gonna die, let's be dead. You know. <laughs> I mean, even in the even in the after credit scene. I mean, <laughs> even that part with the Timothy Olyphant. I thought he died. But wait a minute. Yeah. Not dead. Well, I was actually. I'm, <laughs> but I was happy of, for that because I really too. didn't. Me too. Like wait, because I when I saw. Um, the previous episode where um, Cobb and Cad Bane have their standoff in the streets um, and Cad Bane shoots him, I thought, I was like, oh, he shot him in the shoulder. Me too, me too. Um, And maybe that was just wishful thinking, but it really did look like he got shot in the shoulder. But, um, and then, uh, so his, his, um, the bartender who I guess now leads the town. Apparently. Uh, because that's what happens up. in this town. You walk in, you yeah, go, yeah. I'm the crime yeah. Lord. And someone else goes, well, I guess I run the school and like an yeah. I'm the president. Uh, uh, <laughs> but when, uh, when uh, the, when the bartender shows up with the, um, with the militia, uh, he says that they, that Cad Bane gunned him down in cold, in cold blood. blood. And I was like, Oh yep. shit, he's dead. And mm-hmm. so when they showed him at the end of the back to tank, I was very happy. I was like, I don't want Cad Bane, a uh, Cobb Vance to be death. And God damn it. Cobb Vance and Cad Bane. They're too similar. Yeah, the names are too, too similar. They are. It's way too they similar. Are. Don't you think? Yeah, it comes we, off the okay. And I'm not going to say that like, it was a total failure. I hated it. Blah, blah, blah. But don't you feel like they kind of wrote themselves into some corners that they didn't they did. need to write themselves into. Like you they don't need did. to leave me hanging with the shot where Timothy Oliphant is dead. You know, like you don't need to do that. And then just mention, oh, no, he's okay. See, look, he's a postcard. He's all right. Why do that? And like, and, I, and why introduce it, Cad Bane? Who's like this ultimate bad guy who looks really scary in the second to last episode. So yeah. you can kill him in the last episode. Well, I mean, maybe introduce him in the first and set this stuff up so he's around well, and like, uh, okay. Uh, so here's a, here's we a shot bit of devil's... All, hold on one second. Let me finish. We shot oh. all the pikes. We shot him. We flew around. We mm-hmm. shot him. The mod squad helped shoot him too. The girl from yep. Yellow Jackets was shooting him. It was awesome, right? <laughs> and the rancor, it's unstoppable. Big robot shows up and shoots it and shoots it and shoots it. If only that big robot had a giant metal gate, it could have dropped on the rancor. Man, Aww. that would have ended that, huh? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like, cut right there. Well, I'm just saying, what kind of robots are they? And you write all this stuff, and like, I didn't feel much when Boba Fett was riding the rancor around. I went, oh. Okay. Well, I expected it. That was the issue. Like yeah. they, they foreshadowed that yes. what's going to happen. As soon yeah. as he met that rancor, it's like, I want to ride that thing. And it's the last episode. So you know what that means. Yeah. Look back and to bring up the rancor. <laughs> there, and like, there's just a lot of stuff. They didn't some head scratching stuff that I don't get. And it ended really nice and neat. But like, you didn't destroy the entire pike syndicate. That can't be everybody. There has to be more. He well, ran them off the they, but they ran them off the planet. Though. But they're gonna right. come back. They're good for now. I will give it that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, they're probably gonna come back. Like no like, doubt. Like this yeah, is just tip of the, the iceberg. The thing with the set where like <laughs> Boba Fett goes to the crime families and he's like, "All I want you to do is don't take their side. I'm gonna offer you nothing. Uh, just 
please don't do it. And they're like, yeah, right, we won't deal, do it. The and then they turn around and do it because <laughs> you didn't offer us anything. Screw you. And who are well, you? No, that's not, that's not true. He's like, he offered them, they were kicking up a huge percentage to the spice syndicate. He was like, look, this is our town. This is our, these are our resources to control. These are our people. Like we should be the ones benefiting. I'll run them out of town. We won't have to pay for their bullshit anymore. Mm -hmm. All and, and like, will you help me? And they said, said, no, I'll run them out of town. And they went, yeah, okay. And then they turned on him. Well, sure. Like, but that's of the course. offer, right? Yeah. I will, I will, I will rescue your businesses from the stranglehold of this crime syndicate. The end was I'm that's with the Todd, offer. I'm with Todd Turner. This end was silly. It was silly. It was a lot of silliness. It was well, rushed. It, Here's the thing. What I was going to say about just this a commentary on this entire series, just based off of that finale, was that just like many things in the series, I enjoyed. I actually thought it was like you know pretty fun for the most part. But there were undoubtedly, in my opinion, a lot of ideas that were left on the table. And that yeah. seems to be kind of the, the, the whole the, the theme of, of this of this entire series is that fantastic ideas. But sometimes Rocky executes. Yeah. So uh, so this is uh, I'm going to I'm going to talk about Cad Bane here for a second uh, and, and bring up some stuff that our friend Jim uh, mentioned in the chat, just because I don't think by the time we get to him, he's not going to talk about Star Wars. Um Cad Bane, uh, Cad Bane, as much as guys like Matt and I may not um, consciously acknowledge it, uh, Cad Bane already has a long history of being in the Star sure. Wars universe, and this With is not Boba. his introduction. It's his introduction in live action, which I grant, you know, for people like us that didn't watch the cartoons, it feels like a special thing. But like, it's not like this is Cad Bane's first appearance. And yeah, like you no. said, Damon, he has a long history with Boba that they mentioned on the show. And so like th this, this thought that they brought him in just to kill him. Yes, that's kind of true. But also he has had a long run. He, I, I only agree, have one counterpoint to that, actually. Joe. The only thing I would say is that because I watched like kind of their interaction from when he was young, because there were a lot of episodes in Clone where he was young and he had a lot of interactions with Cad Bane. Um, it felt like, okay, now this is like the master versus the teacher. Let's have a little bit of a duel. Like yes. This is the pen yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. That was where I was coming from. Not yeah. mention, I, know Cad Bane. I, I would argue Cad Bane. he was the only but, compelling villain on the show. And we got him for one appearance in one episode and then he gets killed in the next one. Was there any other villains that you found compelling in this series? No, I mean, only um, I, mean, I was... I mean, there wasn't really any other villain besides the Pike as a right. as an entity. And they, for <laughs> the most the part, the said a entity. couple things like this, you know? <laughs> and I went, all yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, much. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that uh, I think that until Cad Bane showed up, the Book of Boba Fett did not have a singular villain. No. Antagonist. Yeah. And the most interesting um, thing we had seen before that was a second episode, which was mainly silent. And right. really yeah. compelling. And then after that, it was like, well, what's his motivation? Is he a good guy? Is he a scary guy? Is that a, was my I'm biggest the crime yeah, lord, thing. and I'm taking over, but I've also got a heart of gold. But I'm also scary, but I'm also a nice guy. And uh, I also get the shit kicked out of me all the time. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't wear my helmet all the while. Right. Anymore. I carry my helmet around shot. pretty much the whole time <laughs> for reasons, you know. Yeah. Like, um, so, it was all right. Yeah. 
So Catman and like, look, I like I I I'll I'll say this like as a lifelong comic book fan, and I, until they tell me that Cad Bane got thrown in the incinerator, sure, I won't. I'll, he could I be will alive. not be surprised if he yeah. shows up. I have one very important thing. And I'll leave on that over because I do have like a bunch of points I want to um, to um, Peacemaker. But um, one thing if you notice about Cad Bane, where I think there might be some hope, there was a little beeping sound on his heart monitor. And he may not be dead. <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll see. We shall. Yeah, we'll see. But Peacemaker, yeah, real quick. Um, so yeah. Wait, uh, on uh, whose heart monitor? Well, who are we talking about? It was Cat Bane. Bane. He had. A, he had. Yeah, if you look blink. on his little chest. Yeah. Actually, in the scene, if you watch it back, you hear a little beeping you and you see his blinking little light or whatever. Yeah, was, yeah. His power is very. He's like a power bar. His power bar is like on the yeah. last oh. level, yeah. but he's not gone. His Street Fighter gone. power bar is very low. His, his HP. Yeah. His but HP. He's not yeah. knocked out. His hit points. Yeah. Exactly. He's not dead though. Um. That's fair. Yeah, but Peacemaker, yeah. So um, I'm loving the season so far. This last episode is probably the most emotional and I guess cathartic in a way. <laughs> like there was a culmination yeah. of so much shit in that episode, um, let's, especially with Peacemaker and his dad. So let's talk about that for a second, because like Boba Fett was a character that we saw them try to redeem a bit, but they mm-hmm. never fully went through with. And we never really got emotionally attached to him, I'd argue. Right. Peacemaker is a doofus who is yes. arguably a bad guy that was mm-hmm. that doesn't know he's a bad guy that was raised by a white supremacist yes. and forced spoiler alert for Peacemaker forced to fight his brother in a pit as a child yep. and killed him in one of the most emotional scenes that yep. I could not believe they dropped into this John Cena's crying in the mirror Matt Baum mm-hmm. is crying because John Cena is crying mm-hmm. you know like Oh my God, James Gunn, like nails it, yeah. nails yeah. it and, and does yeah. it the right way and is following the narrative and sticking with the main character and giving us more and more about that character to make us care about him. Because quite honestly, in the first few episodes, he's just a funny, sexist idiot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, well, and I, you're not really rooting for him, but you're laughing at him. And now we're slowly starting to care and root. No, for he's not character. a sex. He's not a sexist because he says demeaning things. But then he goes, he but I don't mean better. that in a sexist way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't mean that in a sexist either. way. It's just yeah. an observation. He's like, whatever, yeah. that's gay. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay. But you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know what it is? And this is like a credit to Cena, John Cena as an actor, actually. Like in the beginning of that of like the series, you can see like the level of bubble that's like he's just an airhead. Yeah, he doesn't know any better. Yeah, he's been raised sweet, horribly. He's a sweet and, airhead, and right, he's the product right. of his upbringing, unfortunately. Right, but the thing about him though is that you notice, like even that first scene, like when he comes out of the hospital, he's talking to the janitor, and the janitor brings up like, "Aren't you the superhero who's killing like all of like the minorities?" Yeah, like, no, yeah. I'm not. It's like, and then but he realizes, and then he asks them like. So do you want me to just kind of like, you know, go after like more white people who are bad? He's like, yes. He's like, okay, well, yeah, I'll take like, that oh, right make you that. feel better if I <laughs> yeah. killed more white people than do this. And the Virginia yeah. goes, as a matter of fact, it would. Matt keeps where uh, Matt and I have talked about this uh, off camera. He keeps referring to Peacemaker as a bad guy. And I don't think that he's a bad guy. Now, let me. He's been used as a bad guy. I, I think that he has right. done bad things. Damon, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to let you go because we got to keep moving. Oh, Joe, sorry. Yes, sir. No, 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 uh, but I'm gonna finish. Yeah, I'm gonna finish this thought, Damon. So stay, stay on the line, or stay listening. But uh, thanks for calling in. Um, but yeah, Peacemaker is not a villain. He's not a bad no, guy. No. He's a guy that's done bad things. He's a guy that's been used as a tool to do bad things in the name of good, quote unquote. Right. Um, but this show is his redemption arc. Like uh, where I disagree with you, Matt, is where is where in this show he is not a bad guy. No, this I, show I agree. he is. I agree. 
he is coming to grips with the things that he's done and trying to turn around. Like he says, he says to, um, he either says it to Harcourt or, or Tasty, whose character name I cannot remember. I'm sorry. Um, but, um, uh, Amanda Waller's daughter, um, that he doesn't want to kill people anymore. Like he's yeah. not, he's like, Oh, well, bad guy, aliens are fine. You know, right. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. like he's, he's, he's becoming enlightened, but also still being, a, he's still sure. a dumb. I mean, he's they like, sent him. Oh to- yeah. I'll slaughter all the aliens you want. When they sent him to kill but, the family yeah. before he knew there were aliens and like, right. Yeah. The he best part of that, kids. like vigilantes, he's what's going on. He's like, Hey buddy. At a bio. Thank he, you. Don. He's like, hey, bio buddy, is name. move over. And he just takes a gun. He's like, murder a kid, murder mom, <laughs> murder another yeah, kid. Right. <laughs> because like, he's yeah, just like, and completely and, uh, on like, the spectrum basically <laughs> yeah and and so he's he's like he is coming to grips with what like uh the things that his father made him do yeah the guilt he feels for his brother's death um and and all of this stuff and and when eagerly hugged yeah. him i lost it i melted eagerly off my couch <laughs> and, and like this isn't even the first time like no. eagerly hugged him Eagly hugged him before, but when Adebayo sees Eagly hug yeah. him, oh my god! Um, and it was a miracle. <laughs> he lived. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, oh, damn. That's Brian so Domingos, you're here with us. How are you, buddy? Good guys. What's going on? Just two grown men crying about John Cena. You know how it goes. I I loved that um, vigilante got in the murder of um, of Nazi Iron Man. I was yeah. so excited about that. Oh because yeah. That, I was like, this 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 plot has to end this episode. I need them. All, all of those white cloaked KKK knockoffs need to die. I can't, <laughs> yeah, right. I can't take them anymore. And thank oh, God they and, did. Because- and I will tell you what, they blew the entire budget. They like blew 90% of the show's budget on that flying armor and the space cow. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, oh my be- God, that space cow. <laughs> the it, space cow was so glorious. Gross. <laughs> oh, it's real uh, Starship Trooper vibes. Yeah. It was like, ooh. Yeah. Only it the has second- like big cartoon like female eyes. Or like, ooh. Oh, yeah, well, it was, it was for so me, it was that big, that big buck tooth in the front is what got me it's like oh well, it god because you guys have seen starship troopers with the giant vagina yeah. monster and i was yeah. like yes. oh this is this right. is the, the the vagina with teeth it is very yeah. gross like, and something ooh, disgusting yeah. is going to happen with the space cow. yeah it, as it as they like pan up on it it's like oh those eyes are gross it's like oh no those eyes are gross oh yeah. no all of those eyes are gross yeah. like ooh, blah, 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 blah. yeah yeah yucky um it's gonna be fun but, uh, yeah i i i think when you look at the I, you know, I could kind of complained about last episode there. Maybe that one should have been like a half an hour long, you know, because sure. there was a lot of padding and then this one snapped back to it. And then we got one more to wrap it up. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy where with where we ended up. I do think the episode before there was a nice setup for the emotional payoff we got in this one. Most definitely. Like it, it helped a lot with that, where we see like John Cena goes through a thing. And after this yeah. episode, he's different. He's definitely. Yeah, it's it's just it's I mean, it it, the the murder of the brother, which we I think already. I mean, I've seen TV before. I knew that was what happened. Right. Because we we saw the brother hit the ground and they foreshadowed something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that guy is the kind of asshole who then makes his his two kids uh, box each other. So that, you know, that like it all Mm -hmm. was like, yeah, we've you know, I almost didn't need to see it. Well, even worse, turns to his kid. I think the the real payoff afterwards was when he turns to him and he goes, you idiot, you killed your brother. And it's like, I mean, you'd think you'd think that a guy (laughs) like uh, you'd think that a guy like the white dragon would be more son at the kid who died for not being able to take a punch. Yeah, right. There should have been a golden moment where he goes, son, it's not your fault what happened. Your brother. 
brothers yeah, are but, weakling. <laughs> and then, and, but that, yeah, but that's the, you know, the dynamic where he didn't, he doesn't yeah. love the little one. He loved right. the bigger one. So right, yeah, no, um, we his have favorite have, is we have to death, have him hate is, Peacemaker. Yeah. yeah. So I was glad to see him die. I was very excited about that. Um, yeah. And, um, the, uh, I had some comic stuff. If you guys are up for that, please. Yeah, please. Always. Um, the, I'm, I'm a little cautious about uh, dark crisis coming or whatever they're calling it. Um, yep. I have liked the infinite frontier and the, the current, uh, justice league incarnate. I've liked those books a lot. Um, I started it, incarnate, but I'm not caught up. I started it. It is a lot of fun. It's a lot. It's of, a lot. It's a lot of stuff. Like it's, it's a lot, lot of, yeah. you know, which is, but it's fun. Like it's one of those, like, Oh, I didn't realize we were getting a, you know, uh, Obama, Superman and flashpoint Batman team up book. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, Oh, that's really cool. Like they didn't make a thing out of it. It's just like, here's this book. It's like, Oh, they, they have a great dynamic yeah, it's world, together. World's like, finest. Yeah. And right, I kinda, a different, I, it feels, I, I don't know. I like the, I'm okay when they're fast and loose like that in a title like this. And it's not a big event. Just be like, tell me that story. Oh, okay, they're around. Great, got it. But when well, I like, mean, that's the, that's the thing is that like not every time uh, we've been so trained by by comic books, uh, modern comic books, that everything everything's some huge deal. It's like no, right? When I was a kid, Batman and Superman showed up in each other's books all the damn time, yeah, and nobody just, gave a shit. You just told the it story. It just happened, right? Um, and and so yeah, like having Superman and Batman from different worlds in the same book is is great, and it, that's not the point of the. It, just let me enjoy it. It doesn't have to be the focus of the thing. Exactly. It, it doesn't have to be like what we're all here. Uh, uh, what the most important part of the thing is. Right. Yeah, and I am. Um, I'm pretty. I'm interested in the. Um, the like the the death of the justice league like i kind of feel like it's time mostly because that book has been so pointless for literally the entire 70 something issues it's been around yeah really mediocre i agree i just you gotta um, wonder why like uh, i like the dark army and i like the idea i love it when bad guys team up it's great how come they never thought of this guys Really? <laughs> like, because villains <laughs> don't get along. Like, like how long you've been around? Villains, <laughs> villains don't get along and they don't want to share glory. They don't I know, wanna, like, I that's, know. It's just they, pure you know. ego. Maybe they all got medicated and they were like, you know what we should do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they, they do they do do this sometimes, you know? I mean, the, yeah, the, sure. you know, uh, the uh, Luthor's like... Legion of Doom. Yeah, like the, the, the Injustice gang, like the, the Morrison I guess I'm talking about stuff, the like, next level, the godlike level. Ares, yeah, your boss's boss. Eclipso, Neuron, Necron, those guys, you know, like yeah. Demon. That's well, because like, when, you're, when you're God of fill in the blank, why would you feel like you needed the help from many other people? Yeah, yeah you're, you're not, you're not a, t- you're not, you're not a, um, a uh, collaborator. Right. You know, it's, you're kind of a one man right. show. It's like, so. oh man, I, like I'm the devil. <laughs> I, I'm the devil. Do you know who I could really use in my corner? Right. Deathstroke. Like mom, God, and dad god yeah. told you how special right. you were of a god all your life and you're like yeah, oh, yeah. yeah exactly. i got all these god participation trophies i'm a badass exactly, you know exactly. <laughs> like, i it's it's always funny when eclipso is there because i feel like eclipso is like a scary idea and then the result the resolution is always like oh they it's just so had some sunlight yeah. it's like oh that's right a, oh no it's really daytime happened. oh no yeah, like, it's my one weakness <laughs> 50% of the time <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> or 50% you know, of all time on earth. That's why I've never or given just, a shit about Eclipse. Yeah. It, it's sort of like, like the original green lantern where it's like wood really woods is weakness. So I can beat him with a baseball bat. <laughs> okay. You, know, you can try to, I've never, a tough draw, so. I've never cared about Eclipse. I never have. He, he, like, I don't know that there's an Eclipse story. I like, I mean, right. maybe some of the, the Jeff Johns JSA 
stuff. I mean, I think that was the most entertaining I've ever thought it is, yeah. but well, and, but something- that was, and that was all about, that was all about, um, that guy trying to control Eclipso, right? right? That was the fun part of that. It's like, I can cage him. I can make him a good guy. Like I can, and no, you can't, he's Eclipso. Like that's yeah. the fun part of that story. Sure. And not like, it's just Eclipso. Oh boy. Okay, great. Um, and I, I don't know why I keep doing it. I keep reading Bendis DC comics and I don't know why they don't work. Um, it's um, I, the annual that just came out was like, lo- like long awaited apparently. And it, what was it? you get to the, yeah, it, like, I guess it took like a, an, an extra six or seven months to come out. Yeah. Which it, I thought it, was oh, kind of strange. It was super yeah. late. Um, yeah. It was super late. I didn't think the art was great. Um, and then you get to the end and it's like continued in the, Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes book. Yeah. It's like, oh, that started two months ago. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> nice job, guys. Something's like, what going on with Bendis at DC, and like now he's leaving DC, and it almost seems like he came well, in. Well, that's just it. Is that he's not le- like no one has said he's leaving DC. It's just that his exclusive has ended. Yeah, I and guess. so he took his his he took his creator own toys to another company, which seems suspicious. But he signed. But he still keeps like, doing work. It was this big thing, and we were like, oh my god, Brian Michael Bendis at DC, and he did some fairly big stuff. And then it's like, he just went, ah, I'm kind of bored. <laughs> like, I mean, I'll still write some stuff, but well, it, nah, it makes me, whatever. Like, it makes me think about it. Like I, like when he, like, I loved like the, the two, you know, the one, two punch of like daredevil and alias. Like I was yeah. on every yes. month, loved those books. They were awesome. And like, they're really, they're well-written and well-plotted and it, and you could tell Bendis even, was invested, man. He yeah. Was and there's, there's just invested. something about like you, there's something so lifeless about his DC stuff. And I don't know why. Yeah. Like it, I don't, I don't, you know, like, it feels like he's not invested. It feels like he's I, just know, but writing I, I, it. I felt, I, I'm not saying that the DC, like the DC stuff has seemed worse uh, in that regard, but I also felt the same thing about his Avengers work, the farther along it got. Like, I agree. It's almost, yeah, it's almost like the more important Bendis got as a creator and the more high-profile assignments he got, the less interested he was in yeah. doing them. Like, his, like Alias. Oh, his X-Men Daredevil. stuff. What is, yeah. is that? Yeah. 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 Daredevil, Alias, yes, great. Um, new Avengers, mm, I mean, it's good. It's fine. It's good for a while, for a long while, because he's got, you know, he's telling the story he wants to tell with Wolverine and the sure. and them, them being outlaws or whatever. And and then it's like, oh, the heroic age hits, right? Siege hits the heroic age, and we're relaunching the big Avengers book in Avengers Tower with Captain America and Iron Man and and blah 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 blah. John Romita Jr. and all and that. like mm. that book yeah. is that book. I. I left zero impression on me. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't even remember anything that happened and no. I bought it's, it monthly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there's just like, there's a lifelessness to it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. And because, and even like that, that, um, what is it? Joy operation or whatever that Joy new operations. Book yes. Yeah. The new book. It's, I just like I I did not get it's there fine. was there was nothing no. to connect to. It's I fine. just I didn't get no. it. Yeah. And, and there's, it's, um, it feels like Lazarus, but not as clever, you know? That's where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it feels it feels really outlining. Like they're kind of feel like half baked ideas, where it's like exactly. Right, yeah. Here's here's this concept I have, and then we're you know we'll fill it in with dialogue, and people know right. I do dialogue, and blah, but it's like I don't know, think his dialogue's good anymore. You know like, what it's it is? Just, it's it's that, yeah, and this goes yeah. back to Singing in the Rain, wonderful movie, musical. Gene Kelly, he's pitching this story about like him coming to Hollywood, and he's singing "Gotta Dance," and he's doing all the tap work, and people are like, "Get out of here, kid!" And then finally, one person's like, "Man, this kid can tap. Get him in here." 
and he's tapping and doing his show and he gets more famous and he's not tapping as much and like he's got hot girls on stage and he gets more famous and then in the end he's the most famous and he's just kind of walking out doing little kicks and tips his hat and everyone's like yeah you know it's like yeah. Yeah, w- what happened to the tapping kid <laughs> like, right what yeah. happened I like mean, Brian look, Michael Bendis you used to kick and, ass at this like, you have to you have to consider uh, ultimate Spider-Man and the work that preceded it his uh image work and his indie work yeah was more than 20 years ago yeah that's yeah. True. and so it's like it, like it's a it, it feels like a blink of an eye to me because i'm an old man and that's how time works but maybe he's the aging quarterback um, but maybe. yeah it's just yeah. like well that was a long time ago guys yeah. like his best work was a long time ago and maybe now this is peyton manning with noodle arm you know like he he yeah. could still win a super bowl but he doesn't have to try that hard <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah and, uh, go ahead no i'm just i'm always like i'm because it's like, and I think that's part of it is that there's the, the memory of, I like his stuff, but then it's like, eh, maybe I don't like, yeah, like man. I liked Pearl, like that, that book he did. I liked Pearl. Um, yeah. I liked Pearl. You know, and, and there's, there's something to like about Scarlet, even though it's a little too on the nose. Um, I did like, you yeah, know, Scar- Scarlet. I didn't care. It's about. like, I liked it. You know, it's like, this is important. It's like, yeah, we get it. We, yeah. We, right. We, yes, yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and blah, blah, blah. Yes. And Alex believe draws beautiful things, but like, look how relevant little, I am. Right. right. It's like, yeah, it's I'm too lazy t- to join Antifa, but I will write about it. What if Antifa was a comic? Yeah. Hey, people, the, the eight people that read my comics that live in Portland, do you recognize that right. corner? Like, yeah. yeah, we get it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm always just trying to, um, to kind of hold on to it. And so I was in a comic shop this week and I grabbed, um, uh, those couple things and even the, the justice league, league legion of superheroes, like it, it's like the most going through the motions thing I've totally. ever read. It's just, let me, let me pose like, a question for you, everybody in the chat, and us too. What was the last Brian Michael Bendis thing that left an impression on you, that hit you, left an impression on you? I really uh, did. I really did like his Superman work, but I will say that I liked, um, I, I liked. I thought Superman started good. I, right. I, I, and I, I did not necessarily care for Man of Steel, which was the preceding. Yeah mini which is fine but it didn't really leave any lasting impression on me yeah um but i did like his superman books at first um and then they kept giving they kept letting um what's his name fill in on art on action comics and i hated it um not artyom trakhanov uh Talking about who's, Jr. Who's Jr. when he was drawing the terrible. No, no, monkey faces. we all know Jr. We all know Jr. <laughs> Jr. Since, uh, like the guy that the guy that was filling in for Ryan Sook, his who is so oh. criminally not uh, Ryan Sook that it is like yeah. he should be. I can't remember who you're talking. Oh, about. Is, it the, is it the uh, is it like Simon? Uh, oh, Simon 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 Kudrinsky. Yeah. Yeah. No, his stuff is his stuff is bad. It, it's, 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 it's terrible. It's just it, yeah. It's like you know if you want to. You know the guy that did Gideon Falls, but you can't get him. So get uh, yeah, right. Simon. Yeah, right. You know, it's like this sort of <laughs> looks like, like that. That's actually like, right on the wait, nose. Hold on, <laughs> we, we, we want. I'm not the, trying to bag want... on the guy, but that is right on the nose. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm bagging on the guy. I think his art is bad. Um, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but um, yeah, we want Andrea Sorrentino. We want. Oh, well, he's right. busy. He's doing this thing with Jeff Lemire. What about Carlos Magno, who is sort of like that, but kind of not? Well, 
he, okay, he's more available, but he did sign on to do this Kang thing or, you know, whatever else Carlos Magno was doing at the time. It's like, uh, okay, well, who else we got? Well, and well, in the meantime, guy, Simon's Simon jumping up and down me. behind him. I'm right here. <laughs> right. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. Right. Um, Guys, I, I already started. It looks, yeah. it looks bad. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I've already drawn three issues. I didn't even need, you didn't even have to ask me. Brian, it's, did, it's, did you have an answer to the question of the week? So we got to keep you know rolling. What? I, yeah, answer question of the week. Um, well, for the your uh, new question, I would say uh, Pearl is probably the thing I, I really enjoyed um, about the the, okay. the Bendis recent thing. Um, but the answer to the question of the week, um, I I love Jesse Custer and um, Tulip. You know, oh, they are forever. But but Jesse and I love him and Amy. And I you know there is something so like yep like Jesse like uh, Tulip's best friend that there's just like there's this connection between the two of Jesse and Amy yeah. and they they love to look too much to like, be like, can we try this out? Because they are, um, but they're great. And, and I, I like brunettes better. Well, so and the I whole like subtext <laughs> is also like, I probably never would have been in this situation had I just been with Amy and not to <laughs> Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My no, life probably Amy, would have been I, a lot better. So right. Uh, yeah. I know no hit, no hitmen on the run. None of right. that. That's been not a nice, to say Tulip uh, messed everything up. It's just, this is how things went. You know, it would have been a lot easier and, and yeah. Amy's beautiful and they're great together. And I love that. Um, Brian, that's, so that's my answer. Excellent. Good answer. answer. Good answer. Good Brian. to talk to you. We're going to go to Nate. Aguilar because he did not make it. He sat on the couch the whole time the last show, and we ran out. Of he time. was uh, he was the Lindsay. He was our Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> if we were what up with, what up with that? And he's like, oh, Lindsay Buckingham. Nate Aguilar, we time. What up with you? How you doing? You're, you're, you're giving me that guy, <laughs> Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> yeah, Buckingham's right. a real I asshole, and I, you're a nice guy. <laughs> it's all right. I can't stay mad at you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. What are you rapping about? Uh, well, answer of the week already got taken. Uh, I, mine was Thanos too. Uh, Thanos and death. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Here, one uh, question about Thanos and death. How do you fall in love? Was with, it one question about Thanos and death? How do you fall in love with death? How's that happen? Like, oh, I mean, you're young people out. You're looking through a nudie magazine. There's death trying to you know? die right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the story is, is that the personification of death actually did appear to Thanos. So like, it's one thing like you obviously you don't fall in love with death as, as an abstract concept. But if you I'm talking meet, about death as a sexy lady, I'm not talking death, about death the, as an death abstract the, concept. Yeah. Death <laughs> okay. The, I believe death, the entity like presented herself to Thanos at some point. In his youth, and, and he's and like, he became. I got to get some. And of that I think that's where face. he got the original idea for the genocide. Oh I yeah, think. no, he did it to and impress her. Yeah, yeah. he one hundred percent erased half the universe to impress Lady Death, and she yeah. was just like, "Meh." I keep calling her Lady Death, which is not the not same Lady thing. Death. No, Lady Death. I can <laughs> see how you fall in love with Lady Death. She's a buxom porn star, sure, you know, but like Death, she's a school yeah, no. face in a robe. <laughs> like, well, okay. Uh, <clears throat> Well, look at him. I mean, he does look like a purple nut sack. Sure. Uh, that. Yeah. On his chin. Yeah. And she does change. She changes every once in a while. She turns sexy. You yeah. know, every once in a while. She yeah. Sometimes she knows how to turn it on. I suppose. I suppose. <clears throat> what else you got for us? But anyway, I picked up the Marvel app. So I'm oh, nice. reading stuff that you guys talk about. Nice. And I finished Immortal Hulk. Oh, right. And loved it. Yeah. But weird thing. I always thought she Hulk was black my whole life no. growing up. I guess, uh, yeah. Wow. I guess this is the first. <laughs> yeah, Jen's always been a white girl. Why did you think She-Hulk was black? I have no idea. Like, growing up, reading the comics, you know, she, she had really dark hair. Yeah. 
Athletic, I guess, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll and give just, you there was a very long time where She-Hulk did not change into Jen Walter. She was just always yeah. She-Hulk. Yeah, many, many years. Yeah, yeah. so, and yeah, I mean, maybe we, as I'm a like, kid, sure, okay. And then when I started reading this, I'm like, holy shit, she's white. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, she's uh, she's Bruce Banner's cousin, which I guess does not mean she can't be black, but, uh, like, it's... Yeah, Joe, come on. Yeah. No, wow, no, I'm just it. saying, like, she's wow, got, Joe. like, she's, bl- she's related by familial blood to... To uh, Bruce Banner, that's why. That's why he. That's why he gave her a blood transfusion. I think we all know what you're saying, Joe. (laughs) Sorry, look, I I didn't mean it that way. God damn it. Yes, Um, she is a waif little white girl though. She's tiny. Look, I do love. Look, I love She-Hulk, and I'd love her. I'd I'd love her even if she wasn't white. That's. Well, uh, that didn't do me any favors either. Did it? Yeah, you just gotta stop. <laughs> Pull the that record, one, Joe. That last one I did on purpose for the for the people that are following in on the joke. So, so uh, this is how that uh, interview went. Uh, yes, you just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Oh wait, is this my Joss? Is this my variety interview? Yeah, I think you're Joss Whedoning oh, right now. <laughs> um, but I did want to jump in and say everybody should watch Fox Machina. It's fantastic. Okay. Don't watch it with your kids if you have them. Right. It's very I don't adult. even know if I'm old enough to watch it. Like the very first scene. I'm like, oh, okay. There we go. Uh, <laughs> oh, so they set it up from the beginning. Here's what you're in for. Within 10 seconds. Okay. You, if kids are in the room, uh, you're going to find out real quick that they need to leave. I appreciate uh, so. that, though. Like, let's tear the Band-Aid off. You know, and like, here's exactly yep. what you're watching. Like, Got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I started uh, watching, Arcane. Joe and I both started watching Yellow Jackets, and it's literally like four episodes before you go, oh, this is what I'm watching. <laughs> Almost. <Yeah. you> know? <laughs> or like the, what is the, the Invincible show? You can watch a little bit of it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is bit, a right. kid. No, it's not. Right. Yeah. Invincible, definitely. You're like, yeah, sit down, kids. I think you can Let's, watch. I'm gonna turn uh, <laughs> I think you can watch pretty much the entire first episode before the credits. Yeah. And then at the end of the credits of the first episode, you're like, oh, no. Yeah, not a kid show. <laughs> oh, <but> no. <laughs> got it. Thank you. Sorry you got interested in this show to watch it, Dad, but <laughs> yeah. you can't watch it anymore. Nate, uh, it is really good to talk to you, man. We're going to keep rolling here. All right, guys. You have a good one. Have a good one, Hi, buddy. Nate. Frank, get in here. Talk to us. I'm trying to unmute you. Sorry. Franco-American Cirillo. I accidentally opened the chat on him. I apologize, Frank. It's my first day here. There well, we Frank's go. been having some internet troubles. So How are you, buddy? Hey, we got him. We no, got that him. was all me. Hey, that was all me. Hey, kids, let's watch the boys. Yeah, exactly. It's a new right. superhero show on Amazon. You're gonna love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the oh word God. the word boy is right in the name. It's yeah. for children. Come on. Was that five five seconds? Someone just gets atomized. Yeah. <laughs> First five seconds. Oh yeah the the a, the girlfriend the the A train scene yeah. That's like, page, that's like oh yeah that, that is like that's like page two of the boys comic right. where it's like yeah. right. pa- page one is huey walking in the park with his girlfriend and then page two is him holding her severed holding arm. Her yeah. yeah holding yeah. A, an arm in a red mist basically right. around him. so uh the boys you know, is back I, I in june that, i bought that graphic novel cool nice i bought that graphic novel a local bookstore got it home opened it up and there was a sign it was a signed copy of it oh shit it and there was a little certificate of authenticity in it signed Whoa. by both the author and the artist oh man. i was like holy shit this is kind Bonus. of a find that's totally yeah, awesome really cool. yeah that's a fun little find so, oh man what are we talking about today well let, let let's answer my question my answer my answer to the question is going to be um wolverine and uh and gene gray or logan and gene gray that's because that always seemed one. like 
it, you know, that's like the classic unrequited love, you know, like, but I'm. Well, look at no, never mind. there he is. There you are. Sorry. <laughs> pause for a second. Yeah, there. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, she's yeah, always I'm, Cyclops's I'm main squeeze and he's right. like just the ugly, furry little dude, you know? Right. Hey, Cyclops. I mean, things guy. are looking up it. for that romance these days. Now they got a, They got three bedrooms with no doors. On I them. don't know, but they haven't touched Eight. on that since mm. that one issue. Like. They hinted like this is going on, and now it like, pfft, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that was no, a while I think ago. there's. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's one issue where Gene like plants one on Wolverine. I I don't know. Oh, I sure could there be, is. I um, might be. Uh, I look. I'm behind on X Men, so you can't take my word for it. Any, that's any a great other, answer, but, though. I'm um, way behind on X Men. Yeah. I haven't read. Yeah. X Men since. But then. yeah, like the, um, the implication, the implication of the post Krakoa um, X Men uh, yeah. dynamic is that Wolverine. Jean Grey and Cyclops are in a in a polyamorous role. I don't think it's oh. just them. I think everybody in the island's kind of getting down too. So oh, probably. I mean, I think yeah, I think everyone on Krakoa is at least a little bit yeah. uh, into that sort of lifestyle. It's like a sweaty hey, Matrix two, what, you know, rave whatever, scene over whatever, there. Whatever you like. <laughs> Which, yeah. Um, no well, judgment. I'll, I'll I'll try to. I just get to because, like I said, my internet's a little wonky today. Yeah, you. Recovery came back, and it yes. was. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah, I'm a little wonky. Okay, there you are. So Discovery, Star Trek Discovery comes back, and first episode back, right at the gate. A lot of fun. Looks good. Loved it. Um, I haven't watched like, it yet. A lot of a lot of emotional tension. Yeah. Watching it, I watched it this morning at like five thirty this morning, and I'm like, and I'm like, ah, you know, okay, let me just watch. I I woke up within the first ten minutes of the show. I was awake. Uh, I I'm. I'm really kind of I kind of want to see what happens now that they've sort of revealed that. Well, we found the aliens and look, they're this massively powerful. Um, Don't spoil it for me. Yet. I haven't watched it yet. And they I haven't watched it yet. OK. All right. All right. So. So anyway, um, it's now a race to really find out. Uh, or or to meet the aliens yeah. first. I, I mean, this is, to, uh, this is from the last episode. This is from the last episode. Really, oh, yeah. like the, is is that um, we know book yeah. book and the scientist. Right. They want to destroy the aliens right. behind the anomaly, the DM right or the whatever it is. DMA. DMA and DMA. Um, yeah. Right. The DMZ <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and. Uh, Starfleet's like we can't do or, and, and Burnham has convinced Starfleet that that's a bad idea because right. what if they're just like what if it's these powerful aliens and they just don't know what they're doing right. and are we really going to pick a fight that we don't know we can win when we could just say hey you're accidentally stepping on our ant hive here yeah and yeah. Could be like um, an adorable and so baby alien that like uh, grabs the kitten yeah. and doesn't realize and, it's smashing it you know that's <laughs> where they that's where they left us uh, at the end of the last episode uh, where yeah. book book and the scientists steal uh, they sneak away in book ship and, and right uh, and they steal the prototype spore drive right. and, and we're kind of st- uh we keep losing we frank. keep losing frank yeah um but yeah like so this episode was all about burnham trying to catch up to book and it was great oh, like it's almost it's like very it's like heisty great. it's like very oceans 11 kind of like there's a caper oh fun um uh frank, you know, it, I'm, I'm gonna mute you because we're getting crazy feedback yeah really you. sorry frank yeah. but we'll, we'll do it again we'll do it again your your internet will be all right you know i believe in you in the meantime oh. let's anything get, you want to anything you want to bring up frank put it in the chat us. and, uh, and chat i will be us. your we'll voice totally talk about it but um i'm gonna yeah, ask david uh, robin but yeah discovery discovery was great i'm glad it's back um and yeah it was this was a like a really emotional a lot of stuff about like 
um, the emotional, the emotional connection that Burnham established with book in that year she spent with him before discovery showed up. I think they're adorable together personally. I do too. And like, so like (laughs) she knew, like, uh, there's this whole deal where they were like smugglers or whatever together before discovery came back. And so like, she knew all the same people and like the guy, the guy that they go to get, uh, the guy that they go to get fuel for a bomb for or whatever it is. Is like super glad to see her, and he's like, "Oh, hey!" And also, your boyfriend is here. But how come your girlfriend didn't show up? Hey. You know, it's like nice. Like they like they like her better. You know, it's like right. It's it's super. It's all super cute, and like I really like uh, uh, I really like that, and um, we're glad it's uh, back. And but yeah, we're glad. It, and we also get we also got a lot of uh, there is um, Owo Showo is her name. I, I'm no, I know I'm saying that wrong. Uh, she is one of the bridge crew, um, not the one with the robot thing on her eye. Um, uh, oh, the but, other girl uh, with the dreads, and yeah, yes, right. Um, she goes with Burnham, and and she gets a great moment to shine, and so that was fun to see those two together. So, yeah. By the way, their like little relationship as like the two pilots, I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yes. She's the, yeah, <laughs> she's like so a navigator or yeah. she's the navigator or whatever. And, one's a navigator, and the other's the pilot, I believe. The other yeah. one's yeah. yeah. And uh but um yeah, yeah, she it's great. It's great to see it's great to see those characters fleshed out more. Um because for being main characters of the bridge crew, um we haven't gotten a ton of backstory for no, it's been the burnham and book hardly show. any of them the burnham and book show for literally like two seasons now david robbins is with us how are we both? oh frank frank i don't know if i want to say that to matt oh he's gonna see in the chat um uh, owasikun i think is the name yeah um, I, think I think you're right. right yeah i, I think, think you're right. right yeah i think you're right um hey guys how's it going good how are you uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh uh first off question of the week um uh, uh my answer just got stolen by nate uh we're going with logan and gene um, absolutely. 100%. Classic baby. It's a classic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about book of Boba Fett and then I've got some legend of Vox Machina, uh, info that I can kind of fill in the backstory on cool. that for you guys. Cool. Let's yeah, talk yeah. Boba Fett first. Um, yeah, Boba Fett first. Okay. So here's my theory on this. If they would have called this show Mandalorian season three, people would have been pissed, mm-hmm. but they needed a way in Canon to take this character that everybody loved, but was a piece of shit and make him a hero. So this season was all about changing Boba Fett's image from villainous bounty hunter to hero on our, on, on our hero's side. Oh, for sure. Do you okay. feel like they effectively did that though? Or do you feel like they yes, tried to do I did. It? I did. So there, we, we know as, as uh, you know, learned people that there are only three stories that are ever told man versus man, sure. man versus environment, man versus himself. Right. Okay. Book of Boba Fett, there is no villain because that's not what the story is about. The story is first about man versus man and him changing what he what he was, crawling out of the Sarlacc pit, you know, having a different reaction, changing his outlook on the Tuskins, oh, man all that kind of himself. stuff. Right. Yeah. That, I'm sorry, man versus himself. Then it became man versus environment when it's, okay, I'm now this different person. How do I show the people of most Espa that I am this different person, you know, uh, uh, Jabba ruled one way. I want to rule a different way. Nobody's respecting me. The pikes are moving in. Now it's, I got to deal with this situation to show that I am different. And then everything is going to be fine. They, 
had to get some connective tissue into Mandalorian season three by showing us Luke and Grogu, by showing us Din Djarin, who he would have called for help anyway, because, sure. you know, Fennec and all that, 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 that only makes sense. I don't disagree. But I think this entire season was just about rehabbing, like him rehabbing himself and the show rehabbing his image within Star Wars canon. I don't right. disagree. And, and, and I think that it was it was also about establishing connections between Boba Fett and Mando. Sure. Absolutely. And I, Fennec Shan. I agree with and all of that. Cobb Vance. I just feel like and, there was a lot of weird decisions. And I don't I, feel. I don't think so. I don't feel emotionally attached to Boba Fett at all. I feel like he stumbled around. Uh, okay. He made but some Boba weird Fett, decisions. But people, I mean, felt like, this, people felt emotionally established to Boba Fett based on 30 seconds of screen time. I don't disagree, but ago. this was a chance so, to give us that. This was a chance to, and it started that way. But by the end, it's like, he doesn't look like a very good ruler. He looks like he just kind of shoots a bunch of people. I mean, he's like, a great, I mean, he's not a ruler. That's no. the thing is that he wasn't the ruler. He was the crime. He was the daimyo. Like the mayor was supposed to be the mayor. But we all and, know the daimyo runs the town. Job of the Hut was in charge no. of everything. No, 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 no. Boba Fett or Jabba ran the crime. The mayor did all of the like the minuscule administration, sure. all that kind of stuff. And as long as that all worked and crime kept going and Jabba got his cut, he didn't care what the mayor did. Sure. I know. And I, that's I essentially agree. what Boba wanted to do with the same relationship. And what what you know, for lack of a better thing, uh Bib Fortuna fucked up. Because he was unable to to run that, right? So, uh, sure. Like it, it's like comparing him to the uh, comparing him to the kingpin, right? The kingpin runs the city, right? Like New York is the kingpin city, but other like prior to now, obviously, when yeah. he is actually literally now the, he's mayor. the mayor, yeah. The kingpin was not responsible for making sure the cops got paid or that fire trucks showed up on time. I get all or that. Or that equipment got maintained, and I don't have a like, problem it, with that story. I just don't feel it yeah. delivered emotionally. I felt like it was all over the place in the end, and they summed it up a little too quick and too neat for me. It, it just after well, this, you know what? All I don't that matters need anymore. to me is you know what didn't happen. Boba Fett didn't. Boba die. Fett like didn't Matt, die. I think he should have. I think Matt it would have been way more interesting. Promised that now he would. when Boba Fett shows up again, I don't know that I care. Honestly, like I Here, care. Why way would you more not care? He's still cool. I care Boba Fett way is still fun. more about the Mandalorian story, and that's fine. And they and like, made and that's me fine. do that by injecting a lot of his story into this too. Instead of uh, but, uh, so that here's my here is my thought on it. Kind of attaching to David's is that everyone looked at this season. Um, uh, this obviously was not Mandalorian season three. I've seen I've seen a lot of conspiracy theories or or, or, or rumors about what why this is the way it is and how like they wanted this to be Mando season three, but for whatever reason they couldn't get a whole season out of it. Or they told Dave Filoni or and John Favreau that they didn't have enough episodes to work with or whatever. Like a lot of things where like that we nerds do to kind of like come up with reasons why things are the way they are. Right. right? This and, is the way. Right. Yeah. yeah this, this is, is the, the way. way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and like none of it's none of it is probably true, and we'll never know the real reason. Um, but my theory is that this was always supposed to be a side miniseries. It's like when a show that you really loved is a miniseries about a character, of course, that's just a spinoff that takes a character from here and gets them from, from point A to point Q, so that when he comes back into the main story, he can go from Q to Z with the main character. Sure, I just felt it like it was and, clumsy. 
I don't feel like it was clumsy. What was clumsy about it? Like we got everything. I'm not going to go back into everything that I said because you heard what we, I said. <laughs> we, like because like we got we got his reintroduction in Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. In the first couple episodes of Boba Fett, we got the story of how he escaped the Starlack and how he started to become a different person. Yeah. Um, Justin, he- our friend Justin in the chat says the Tuscans changed everything. I totally. Agree. That's the key. Is that he he went and um, it was and then we very quickly got away from everything that I was interested in. We got we just uh, sort of drifted away from uh, that. He all Justin always said the the whole reason was to show that he that he's different. He's no longer a lone wolf. Now he's a pack hunter. Yeah, I agree yeah. with and, all this. I'm just saying and, I don't feel it was effectively done. And also, if you don't watch this show, it like let's say I don't really care about Boba Fett or know much about him, but I really like the Mandalorian. And you tune into Mandalorian season three. Oh, what the hell? They're back together. Huh? <laughs> like, when did that happen? Like, now, why would oh, anybody not be watching called, this? It, like, I don't understand anybody the watching Fett. I mean, Mandalorian. Now, I now I will say this. I will grant you this. If they had called this the Mandalorian colon yes. the Book of Boba Fett, that would that we prob- would not be having any of these complaints. I don't disagree. You're probably right. Um, I would still say that I feel like it was herky jerky in direction, and they made some weird head scratching choices but i think it would make narratively more sense had they said the mandalorian colon the book of boba fett yeah i mean and there's nothing saying that in the future since star wars has a history of retitling things as they go yeah um that they might not retitle this mandalorian the right. book of boba fett it might be indiana you know, jones and the raiders of the lost ark you know Correct. <laughs> who knows Correct. so um well even just episode four a new hope um right. you know tell there, us about Vox Machina, david you yes you okay me. so um Quick backstory on how we got this in the first place. Um, so Critical Role started. Uh, Felicia Day knew these voice actor friends. They were running a home D&D game and said, hey, I got this channel on Twitch. Do you want to take your home D&D game and throw it up on stream and you know do that? And Mercer was like, nobody's going to watch, but sure. Um, so they did that. They had the first campaign. It started before the stream did. So... That's kind of where that happened. They finished the first campaign. Okay. It's excellent. I watched the entire thing during quarantine. It's amazing. Um, they get into campaign two and they launch a Kickstarter. They want $750,000 to do an animated special based on the first campaign. The characters from the first campaign, which had been wrapped up, they wanted to just do that. Um, within a day, they got, a, well, within the, the total of the two week or one month campaign, they got 12 million um, out of the 750,000 they were going for. Shit. Yes. Um, (laughs) At the time, it was the, I think, highest like reaching Kickstarter for like a media project that had had been. This was about three years ago. Um, And there there's like, oh, yeah. So uh, the Veronica Mars movie was the was was the most successfully funded, the most highly funded um, TV or film media project of all time at the time at like five million dollars. Correct. Yeah. And so this like almost tripled. Yes. Uh, tripled that. There's actually video. They were doing a campaign um, video on, on stream that day where they expected to say, hey, the Kickstarter's up and go check it out. And and by the time the video went live, they had already crushed the goal. So wow. they're just like sitting there dumbfounded in the wow. video. Um, so there's that. They through the course of um, th- this was three years ago, then pandemic hit and everything kind of got slowed down a little bit. They were in pre-development, but Amazon p- uh, picked it up and said, we will air this on our on our network we'll give you two seasons right off the bat go ahead and you guys do whatever you want the all of the 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 members of the critical role cast 
Um, not including the one who got dropped early on, which is a whole nother thing, which we can talk about, you know, another day. Oh, um, the whole, you don't have to talk about it, but it was bad news. I assume he was bad. He was that guy. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so the, the eight people that were involved in the show, all voice actors, all video game voice actors, all Ashley Johnson from blind spot. And she's got a smaller part in the first Avengers. They're, they're all members of the cast and Chrissy from growing pains. Yes. Chrissy from growing pains. Thank you. Um, Callison Jaffe, who's one of the the kids in uh, adventures and babysitting, uh, I believe. No, I'm sorry. Mr. Mom, Mr. Mom. He was one of the kids in Mr. Mom. Oh, wow. Um, So they're all like in the industry already. And they got to be executive producers, writers, and voice actors uh, voicing their own characters in Legend of Vox Machina. That's fun. Um, they Mercer, who does all the NPCs on the show, um, said, I'm not going to do that. We're going to have a whole bunch of other people that are going to fill in and do all of their voices. But they said, who do you want to play? And he asked for Silas Briarwood, who is the villain of the first big arc of the campaign, which is what this show is based on. Oh, okay. That, um, this sounds so they, like a ton of fun. The, it's, it's, it's a ton of fun. The first it's 12 episodes for the first season. The first two are based on pre-stream events. Okay. And then three through 12 are the first arc, which is the Briarwoods arc. We're not going to feel um, lost though. If you turn on, you just be like, all right, got it. I'm in. Um, no, not at all. Okay. It's right from the beginning. You, it, it, it jumps in, you know, they, they, they explain everything you need to know. There are a okay. ton of in jokes. If you are a D and D fan. They they're like they're talking about the groups. They're trying to find groups of mercenaries, and they mention the murder hobos, uh, <laughs> have all who have all been murdered. Gotcha. They they, they talk about that. They're like there's Easter eggs in every episode for both Critical Role fans and non-Critical Role fans. Nice. There are D20s in like lens flares, uh, like just <laughs> in various parts. Merc- they draw Mercer as an NPC in every episode. Oh, nice. That's so they just make like him a ton like of the, fun. Dude, the dude who's the weapons check guy at the banquet. Right. Or the guy who's posting the job notice on the, the board in the middle of the town. Right. Because for those of you who don't play D&D, that's going to be your dungeon master every time. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> what they've been doing is they dropped three episodes. They're dropping three episodes at a time. As of Thursday night, one through nine are all up on uh, Amazon Prime. All right. And I'll check it out. The last three technically are supposed to drop at midnight Eastern, but I think because the the stream for the new episodes of Critical Role is running at that time, they're actually dropping them at like seven o'clock central so that people can watch them before the stream goes live, but they're saying it's dropping at midnight. Huh. All right. Okay. All right. So they're, they're, they've always been up early um, before the actual new episodes of, of Crit Roll go off. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Joe, you looked like you were going to ask me something. Um, no, I, it's more an observation. Like, um, I, I used to be, I, I fell off of it. Um, I, I really like, I stopped listening to podcasts ironically, um, several years ago because I got into audiobooks and then sure. I stopped having a commute. So now I just don't listen to anything. <laughs> um, but, uh, I was a huge fan of the adventure zone. Still am. Um, and like, I wasn't as into, like, I, Really, it's all about that first arc for me, the balance arc. Balance arc is fantastic. Um, and um, like any, any, like I, I was mildly interested in uh, Dust. I think mm-hmm. um, the kind of old west detective one. Yeah. Um, but it, like, I, I could not get into any of the other campaigns, especially any of the Travis campaigns. I, just, I just don't think Travis is very good. I but, hear that a lot. Um, I mean, look, thank Travis for Travis, but I, I, I don't. Uh, 
yeah, uh, Travis went. Travis went from being one of my favorite brothers to being my least favorite brother. That's how you know you've matured as a person. Whoa. Uh, sorry. Now these are all. Uh, look, if you don't know anything about the McElroy family, then these. I know who they are. I haven't listened to that to much. You. The Adventures of. Um, so. No, I, like he's, they're, they're all they're all fine human beings. They're fine, uh, charitable, wonderful human beings. Sure. But uh, the Adventure Zone, the Balance Arc. Um, I would love for that to be turned into an animated show. Um, and I, 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 I really, really enjoy the graphic novels yep. uh, uh, more so than Matt does, because to me, I can still read them like the, uh, their voices are fresh in my mind when sure. I read them. Sure. Um, but like to see stuff like Garfield, the deals warlock. Yep. Uh, like show up in and like, it's like, well, we got to come up with a different. Uh, we can't have him actually look like Garfield anymore, uh, right. because uh, that's a copyright infringement. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, uh, like, yeah, just like like a hot, yeah, like Javi and like all the people that live on the moon and like, okay. like let me ask all you a question that shit, that'll. I, I I would love it. Let me ask a question that'll demonstrate my ignorance. Um, are the critical role people like more famous? Than the Adventure Zone guys is, is that yes okay I would say yes all right so they're bigger uh, the, they're the Adventure bigger. Zone guys it's it's Clint and his three sons um, who started it as an uh, offshoot episode of My Brother My Brother and Me right where they wanted to run D and D for their dad and right. it just became it was so popular it just became that it became a thing on, in and of its own uh, you're right uh, yeah. so like I would I would I would say this the McElroy the McElroy family uh, and their their collection of podcasts, their podcast empire, if you will, um, is very beloved, but really it's more, it's a kind of a niche thing. It's a like, cult following. You, sure. You're either, a, you're either a fan of the McElroy's or you don't know who the McElroy's are. Gotcha. Um, or like, or, or like Matt, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I've heard of the McElroy's, but I don't know anything about them. Um, Vox Machina is like this huge thing. It's, it's a, a huge thing. Okay. Yeah. They're famous peeps. Got it. They, they are. They like, it's, uh, Mercer, Marisha Ray, um, Sam Regal, Liam O'Brien, uh, Talison Jaffe, Laura Bailey, Travis Willingham, and uh, Ashley Johnson. I can't, and like, I recognize a couple of those names, but okay, like the Spider Man PS4 game, yeah. Um, okay. Travis is Kingpin, Talison's oh, in it, okay. Laura is Mary Jane, uh, yeah. Like, like these people are actual, like they are actors, voice actors, yes. they are, I think they are minor celebrities outside of the realm of gaming. like I was saying earlier, I think this is something I could definitely be interested in because it is animated and we're seeing yes. it like with their voices as opposed to either people podcasting and doing it or, you know, Twitch streaming and sitting at a table and doing it or making a graphic novel of them doing it afterwards. This sounds very interesting. This sounds like it's right in my wheelhouse. And I can it, get I'll, what I'll I tell you, like it. having watched the entire first campaign and knowing exactly the beats where this Briarwood art comes from and seeing the, the ad adaptations that they, they and changes they made to go from animated or from uh, the, the the campaign to animated, they nail it without losing anything, but making the appropriate changes to make it work in a different medium. That's okay. That is my yeah. problem right there. They don't like it's too long form for me when and, you're and, just and like, I get when that, you're just but you don't. So here's the thing. I went when I was at a, a con early, a few months ago. Um, B. Dave Walters, who was on LA by Night and uh, does yeah. Black Dice Society for D &D. I checked out LA by Night because okay. of what you told me. Yes. Um, so he said, like, the most important thing if you're going to do a real play is not a good camera, not a not anything else. It's a microphone because people do it and have it on in the background. Yeah. I, I'd say if you're remotely interested in 
um, Balance, which is already a podcast and is just audio from Adventure Zone or Critical Role, just put it on in the background while you're cleaning, while you're sorting through computer files. Yeah, that's while how I listen to Adventure, yeah. Adventure Zone. And, and just, yeah, I listen to it while I was at work. Yeah. Yeah, same. And like I, I'm listening, I have the, a window uh, with YouTube playing with CR in the background while I'm doing data entry at work. You know, it's you, you get to hear the stuff. You don't need to necessarily see the battle map. You don't need to see the screen yeah, when they're doing, you get the, when you they're get doing it. like yeah. shopping episodes, you don't need to see the screen, but hearing the interactions are, are wonderful. And I'll tell you the other thing, watching both balance or li listening to all the, the adventures on stuff, listening to the critical role stuff. And when it comes to vampire LA by night and long beach by night in New York, all those have, have I think has made me better players has made me a better player for all those games yeah. because I start learning more oh, the rules sure. based on what other people are doing and the opportunities and the, and the things that I hadn't thought about for that sure. are available to me. Yeah. No. Well, it, and you know, and for me, it's like, uh, for me, it was like with, uh, I mean, I haven't listened to critical role, but, um, with the adventure zone, it, they, obviously they, f they follow a loose collection of rules. Right. But yeah, but um, Griffin, as a as a DM, is not going to be so bent up on rules uh, that it gets in the way of a good story. Agreed. And because that's the primary role of these shows is to tell a story, not necessarily not necessarily have a slavish devotion to game mechanics. Sure. Right. And so you can have. Um, you know, uh, uh, you can have uh, Travis's character, Magnus Burnside's, uh, want to do some ridiculous feat of strength, and Griffin will go, um, okay, roll a strength check or an acrobatics check, and we'll see if you succeed. And then the story changes. You know, it's not whether or not that character, like, it's creativity. It's sure. creativity over, over gameplay. Um, in a way that makes the games better. David, it's the rule of cool trumping rules is written. David, we got to keep yes. moving, but how long one are last, the, are one the last episodes thing, of... The, well, of hang on, one last thing on that point, and then Matt, I'll, I'll answer that. Um, you can actually see that exact thing that Joe is, is talking about in, I think, episode three or four. Okay. I think it's three of Vox Machina. On the campaign, Liam's character fumbled a dexterity check when he was jumping out of a window. And oh. <laughs> and fell. And in the animated series, he jumps out of the window and crashes into the fountain below in like just a heap because they didn't change that to I jump out of a window because I'm a rogue and I'm everything's fine. Right. No, he it's fails like, the next check. Uh, like a, a, that's how it goes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, my, this reminded me. This reminded me of my favorite thing. One of my favorite moments from the Adventure Zone. And when it happened on the show, when it was all in my mind's eye and their voices, it was magical. Um, it's uh, it's during. Uh, the pedals, pedals to the metal uh, arc when they are doing the battle race. Yep. And Clint is on an enemy battle wagon, and he has to jump from one battle wagon back to the hero's battle oh, wagon, I heard and this he one. rolls yeah. a one. Yeah. Yep. He rolls a one, and before he can fall to his doom, Justin, who plays Taco, Taco from TV. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, from yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, what's the what was the, the lead. what was the name of the cooking show? I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, he summons a spectral mount. Phantom Steed. A, a, a bicorn, uh, which is a unicorn with two horns. It's a bicorn <laughs> named Garrel. <laughs> OK. And he sounds like Barry White. <laughs> yep. And he summons this spectral mount out of nowhere and saves Merle, who's played by his dad, 
from falling to his death or falling falling out of the battle zone or whatever. And it's like one of the greatest moments of that show. And like just thinking about that being brought to life. Yes. Uh, like I, I, I'm, I'm watching this show. Yeah. You've convinced me. Let's I'm going to watch out. this show. How long Do are it. these episodes, David? Uh, they are 22 to 25 minutes. That's they perfect. Are, That's yeah, perfect. They're half so, hour yeah, sick, yes. Sitcom length. Yeah. A perfect. regular cartoon length. I will definitely get on it. Dave. Good to talk to you, man. You will plow through them. Excellent. Awesome. Awesome. That, that is going to be fun. And that's, yeah, that's really the only way I can do it. Cause the other stuff is just too long. And that's the and, and like no shade on anybody that likes actual play like real play podcasts or critical role like the the McElroys are podcasters not gamers necessarily I mean they're gamers but they're not like gaming is not their main thing their whole right. thing is creating podcast entertainment so they know when they put out an episode of the Adventure Zone that thing's got to be like an hour an hour and a half yeah. tops yeah. Uh, and I like, I cannot get, I cannot in my old age at almost age 44, I will not start listening to a podcast with deep, rich, lengthy backstory. That is three hours out of shot. I yeah. don't, I can't do it. Says the I guy just can't. who's on a podcast that's going on an hour and 44 minutes right now. Jimbo, but, how but, are but you? Then, but we'll <laughs> an hour and 44 minutes will be done. <laughs> okay. So answer the question of the week. We're going to go Andy and Fuko from Undead Unluck. Oh, Fuko was so cute too. I feel so bad for Andy. Yeah. So Andy, <laughs> I have no idea much, what we're talking about. <laughs> well, Andy, Andy pretty much is an immortal and he wants to die and he comes across Fuku who has the power of unluck. So the more she loves someone, the more unluck she can give. And he, he is hopeful that he will be, she will be able to kill him for good. So she will make him unlucky enough that he can die. Yeah. Like we're talking unluck. Like she has dropped meteorites on people Woo. from this. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a problem with your relationship, but you know, no judgment, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So in, in her hey, mind, love, love is love, right? Yeah. It's not yeah, toxic if you want to die, I guess. Yeah. Love is love. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, we'll do top 10 of January sales. Well, briefly, Jitsu Kaisen Silver Rain is number one at 3.9 million. Tokyo Revengers sitting strong at 1.3. Then this new one called uh, Mystery to Nakuru is at 800,000. Then Demon Slayer, because why not Demon Slayer? It's like 700,000. And then Dr. Stone, top it off, top five at 350,000 sales, which is pretty solid. Um, yeah. Dr. So, Stone is fun. You like that one, right? Oh yeah, and it's ending this year. The big mystery of everything, like, was just revealed over the last few weeks, and it's bonkers. Uh, it's a it's a good anime. Uh, Doctor Stone is the one where like the kid is like a, the doctor, and like literally a huge chunk of the population of Earth has basically turned to stone. Everyone. Okay, so the, the premise is one day this light goes across the world, and everyone is petrified. Right. Everyone is petrified. Like then everybody. Everybody. Okay. So about three thousand five hundred years. Uh, the main character gets broken out. How do you broken out? He figures out, and it's more like uh, you know rebuilding society, unlocking people, like figuring out like who did this. They call him the Y Man. They figure out like where he where this person is from. They have to go there, so it's like rebuilding society. Oh, okay, it's crazy. All it's right. a lot of fun. Uh, very good art. It's actually the author. The it's a two person team. The artist is actually South Korean, um, and he does it all on digital. Um, which is pretty crazy. He actually has a YouTube channel that shows how he does stuff, which is insane. Fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds really good. Okay. Well, yeah. 
Um, let's see. Then the Jujutsu Kaisen movie coming to America. I know you guys are all waiting for it. March 18th. Oh, yeah, I'm man. Excited. Joe won't Pretty shut excited. up about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's all he talks about. And look, I, look I'm, I'm seeing that before I see the Batman. <laughs> uh, okay. uh, let's see. Uh, the One Piece live action has started production. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't. That sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. But all right. I don't know, man. Yeah, like there's, too much, there's, there's too much. It's too popular. It's too much money. People have been trying to get him to do a live action movie, a live action show forever. You know, there's just a pile of money that just keeps billing higher and higher. And eventually, yeah. you're not going to say no. I mean, it's one thing to make an Avengers movie, but it seems like when you try and do live action anime. Like the stakes in anime are so ridiculous every second of every episode that it just becomes lunacy, <laughs> like instant lunacy. And and for some reason, I'm willing to buy it in in an animated form. I'll be like, well, yeah, that's what we do. But then you go live action and you get like Takashi Miike's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which <laughs> yeah. oh my god, I was like, you I, get that I, Dragon Ball Evolution movie starring oh god, uh, Joe, Joe, we don't talk. starring the no. guy that Joe, starring talk. the guy that looked no. like Jesse Cut from Breaking out. Bad. Cut yeah, that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Good lord. Yeah, well, it well, exists. well, that's another thing is like the writers have listed their their synopsis so we know what chapters are going to the first season covers the first hundred chapters i was like god that's so much it's like a hundred in a like, movie no no the the one piece tv show oh the show okay the first the season is going to cover oh well still a hundred chapters yeah and then i was like thinking like god that's so much and then i'm like wait a minute jim you're you're reading chapter this week is 1049 this thing like it's it, it's gonna go probably 1500 chapters yeah this, and they'd have people, to, not, the show cannot go 15 years. And if, so yeah, I was going to say, they'd have to recast yeah. it six times. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, well, kind of a problem there. But yeah. yeah sure. Such um, is the nature of live action anime, I'm afraid. Right. So. So, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and uh, side note, South Park, a lot of people don't watch it, but this last week's episode was, one, was like an all-time hilarious thing. Okay. I have to get it out there. I'll have to check out. I got to... I love South Park. It's just one of those things that's been on so long that I forgot it was a thing. Yeah. So, you know? yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, that's last, on me. I love it. Yeah. This, this last episode is like in all time. I can't believe like I was just on the floor. I, and yeah, they did a lot of time. For, it was amazing. Fair anyway, enough. Jim, oh God, guys. good to talk to you. Take care. Hey, 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 Jim. What, what, what? what? Uh, Matt Williams in the chat. Welcome aboard, Matt Williams. I don't know if you've joined us before. Um, Matt's been in the chat before. Yeah. All right. Uh, he wants to hear about Attack on Titan. Anything going on with Attack on Titan? I mean, yeah, it's ending. Yeah, so the the manga ended last year, um, and then the anime is going right now, um, hitting its stride. Uh, and that's why, like, if you see Twitter, like that in Demon Slayer on Sundays, that's when the episodes air. Back to Sundays is crazy. So Demon Slayer has its final episode of season two tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Attack on Titan, we're not sure how many episodes are getting because there's rumblings of a movie to finish it off. Which would be very interesting if they did. Yeah, that's a, that. So that's official, though, right? I didn't think it was Rumble. I thought that uh, was a done deal. We're getting a movie to finish. It up. is not a done deal. Like, oh, is, I thought that was official. No, no, oh. no. I will say this: everyone is saying that there is, and it would make sense because the success of the Jujutsu Kaisen movie and the Demon Slayer movie both right. are canonical stories, and they made a ton of money. So it's a good way for the studio to make money 
directly back to them right. rather than licensing and, and doing all that stuff. And there's uh, not many episodes left of the show and there's still quite a bit to tie up. Right. I'm, I'm not watching this final season yet. I'm still catching up. I love attack on Titan, by the way, yeah. it is so if you haven't seen it, it's bizarre. It is hyper serious. It like yeah. far in the future, humanity is living behind a giant wall basically that keeps out yeah. these huge Titans. naked cannibal people that aren't necessarily made of blood and guts like we think of and when you kill them they like return to like weird steam and there's a whole mystery behind it how the world got here and oh, yeah. it is ama- the animation is amazing uh, uh, so follow up, follow up question from from matt williams the, does that mean the tv series is going to be missing about five chapters or so they have not skipped over anything. The, the question is, is we don't know how many episodes are going to be. Yeah. They just, so, uh, all right. They so, don't, so, all right. It's not like they go, there's 10 episodes. We, they just put them out until they're done. <laughs> sure. So not like America where we yeah. know in advance, like how much things are. Yeah. Well, yeah, they just haven't announced it. Cause like, we didn't know the last episode of demon slayer till like two weeks ago, but then this last episode is like 45 minutes long. We're like, that, that, okay, I guess you're going to split that to two weeks. So I would not be surprised at the movie is gonna is gonna be a, a for sure thing. Yeah, it's a cash I, I, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because of monetary. Like again, studios are now like, oh, we can make canonical stories and make money to back to us and like help boost our revenue. Right. And and we're given more time to make the animation amazing and all that stuff. And they so, look at the fact that Demon Slayer like made more money than any movie that ever played in Japan. So yeah. Well, well, that, that that's been replaced by JJK movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> JJK, Jujutsu. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> Jim. So, yeah, but yeah, to answer this question, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think anything's official, but it seems like every insider's like, "There's gonna be a movie. There's gonna be a movie." Yeah. So I yes they want to get but, that cash of course yeah they get that cash yeah of course dollar dollar bills y'all Jim good to talk to you man we appreciate the anime manga report brother love you Jim uh, take care guys bye Miss Branch hit Peter Parker on the phone yes Mr Jameson it is voicemail time in this damn ziggurat hey guys it's Sarah King calling in to kind of answer the question of the week. Um, but first I'm going to sort of throw out a Valentine's oriented thought. Um, you guys stimulated it by talking about the Madam Web like movie rumors and you brought up the black cat and, um, I'm just shocked she hasn't been in a movie yet. And I really think this could be a great time because Peter Parker isn't Peter Parker anymore. He's just Spider-Man and, um, Spider-Man's love interest isn't MJ, it's the black cat. And I'd love to see that on screen. I think it would be really, really cool to introduce her to the MCU. Um, And uh, the Spider-Man comics just did a really cute tie-in with MJ and the black cat going off on a little quest together. And then in the end, having a really interesting conversation about how Felicia feels like she doesn't know what her place is with how she cares for Peter Parker and loves him. But um, I don't know. It was just really sweet to have like MJ and Felicia talking about their relationship to this one superhero and then thus to each other. And um, it was just, I think, a really important conversation that a lot of people don't have. Um and so Did very cool when okay. moments like that happen in comics. <laughs> um, and my more proper 
answer to the question of the week. I think this is an answer is uh, Doc Ock and Aunt May. Super weird. <laughs> yes. Uh, very yeah. strange. Didn't like it. And uh, it happened and it had consequences. And yeah, wild. Um, awesome. Happy Valentine's Day. I mean, he loved Thank her. You, Sarah. Happy he Valentine's loved her. Day. You know, no, like I, I like uh, the my favorite part of that whole thing is that like the original storyline. There's obviously a scheme, right? There's a scheme. Amy's gonna marry Doc Ock. Why? Um, but in later stories, like they they really hammer home the idea that like Doctor Octopus legitimately cares for aunt may yeah it wasn't like just he, the fact that she inherited a nuclear base <laughs> right yeah no yeah nuclear, that's totally how that works um the government's like oh, it's not I, for, I, forgot that we re- I forgot that we reviewed that part of it yeah yeah uh right but no like like Otto legitimately has a deep abiding affection for may yeah and it might it might not be like he is in love with her still but like she means a lot to him yeah it's super and sweet. I, it's so pure and so good i love it that's a great answer um that's that mary jane and black cat one shot i saw they advertised that at the end of not this issue of spider-man but the issue before maybe it's two issues ago it comes out so fast um where it was going to be that that team-up episode um and i I missed it. I, I, I'm happy to hear that it came out because I was excited to read that. Jed McKay was going to write it. And it was spinning out of that episode of uh, that issue of Amazing Spider-Man. And uh, yeah, I'll have to check for that. But they, yeah, they, good, 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 good picks from Sarah. I like where she's going to the Black Cat, too. And I do think it would be interesting to bring in Felicia into like the MCU at this point. Not necessarily as a love interest for Peter, but someone who like loves Peter. Cause I I I don't yeah. I don't want him getting too far away from MJ. I love Peter and MJ. And- well, okay. So here and also here's the thing. It, like the uh, Peter's Peter's romantic relationship with the black cat did not start until Peter was out of college. Right. And so what I like, uh, the way I like I've been rereading Ultimate Spider-Man, as I've mentioned. Uh, I loved the way that Bendis dealt with the black cat when he introduced her in ultimate Spider-Man is that like, he has a mask on. There's no way to know how old he is um, outside of his obvious behavior. Right. But like they, they are, they have some sort of adventure and she starts putting the moves on him and he's like, uh, 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 yeah, he's a kid. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And then when she eventually much, much later, finds out that he is a literal child yeah, like she like <laughs> she she like gets physically ill she's like oh my god what a, and like they never do anything but she's like hardcore putting the sex moves on him like oh, she yeah. wants his she's hot for his body oh yeah and um it's so hilarious and that's kind of to me like i understand like we are like peter's studying for his ged at the end of uh, no way home because obviously he can't go back to school and uh you know the kids are moving on to college but right. that's how it has to be like peter is too young yeah to get into like a sexy adult relationship with the black guy but i mean they could do something very similar where she doesn't like really know he's a kid and yeah. like he's like, doing like, his that's, thing that would be how i want it that yeah. would be how i'd like to see it i think that would be fun if they did that i will say in the pages of the amazing spider pardon me amazing spider-man beyond right now where peter's like been in the hospital wounded and ben riley's running around as spider-man and felicia's like been right there in the hospital that's what sarah's the talking about time. yeah that, that uh, yeah that's um, so that, good 
that Mary Jane Black Cat one shot is is tied to the Beyond thing right. where she's been keeping a bedside vigil. I haven't read the one shot. I've been yeah. just I've I've read the Beyond stuff though, and it's been so good. And I really like their relationship. It's very adult and frank. And they're like, look, we, we both care about this person very much. I'm not gonna get in your way. I get it. But I also like her relationship with Ben Riley, which has been really good <laughs> where she's like if you're going to be spider-man then you got to be spider-man you have to be him you know like and and he's just trying to do the job up to this point he's like i can do it better i got all these toys and she's like no one of the reasons the spider-man is so great at his job is because he's peter parker and like oh really 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 good stuff better than it has any business being love it yeah I, i'm really enjoying this kind of beyond story I, like i'm 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 also very glad that it's finite yeah like I'm, I'm i'm glad that it's coming yeah. to an end but i think they've done a good job pacing yeah. like it's coming out it's coming out ridiculously fast yeah but, it's almost not um, even fair to the story and i can see a lot of people going no i'm not buying a weekly spider-man comic it, it's almost not fair to the story but I, I i am really enjoying it and um almost every issue has been a treat um yeah. And like a good a good array of creators working on it. It's fun stuff. Fun all stuff. All right, let's get to our answers. Okay. Yeah. So um, you know, I kind of spoiled this using it as the uh promo art for the prompt for this week, but my answer is Guy Gardner and Ice as uh, my favorite unlikely couple in comics. Uh I, I just such love a them. Jerk to her. <laughs> he's not though. He's not he's a He's a jerk because he's Guy Gardner. He's not a jerk to her on purpose specifically. Yeah, but he is abu- he's verbally abusive. You agree with no, that? No, no, he's not verbally No, he's not verbally abusive. Guy Gardner loves ice. I'm not saying he doesn't. He no, re- he's not I don't think you want like he reminds me of the Rat is- King in 30 Rock. <laughs> All right? No. We're like he loved Th- Tina Fey. He's but that guy's a dipshit, <laughs> you know. No, he no, I agree that he's oh, the a Beaver dipshit. King. Pardon me, not the Rat King, the Beaver King <laughs> in 30 Rock. The, oh, yeah, yeah, Dennis Dumphy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um uh Yeah, no, but he verbally ab- like no, he's certainly not verbally abusive, but he is he is a bit of an ass and he doesn't like He's he doesn't he might not treat her as well as as she deserves to be treated but it's not out of like maliciousness he's just clueless he's a he's a clueless idiot and he is so in love with him, her and despite all that she loves him too yeah but it it never works out for long it never works out for long and uh he's so protective of her and i like I know it's out of continuity, but I like I love those bits of the human target that's going on right now because Christopher Chance and, and Ice are getting it on. Spoilers. Um, but uh, Guy Gardner is like taking using his ring to take Christopher Chance's car apart while he's inside. Uh, like he's just dismantling it down to its component bits uh, while he's not looking. And uh, like he's just really trolling him because the dude is like spending time with ice. It's great. Uh, but yeah, Guy Gardner and ice. Uh, I, I think it's a very sweet romance between um, somebody who definitely deserves better and someone who's a well-intentioned dipshit, like you said. So my unrequited answer goes to Siren and Deadpool because it was just so sweet. It was Joe Casey's Deadpool at the time. And he was working with Siren, like X-Men adjacent to help some stuff and just completely fell in love with her. And not in like uh, this goo goo gaga, you know, like Deadpool as we know him now, where he's like, oh, yeah, boobs and legs. Like he was straight up in love with her and there for her 
when her dad died and stuff. And she went, she really went through a thing and he tried to be a friend and sort of ended up in the friend zone being there and was just like made a choice to be like, Ugh, I'm just going to do the right thing and be what she needs me to be. Because also under this mask, I'm a giant walking tumor. <laughs> so, and I'm a murderer and I'm not an X-Men and there's all this bad stuff. But their story together was so sweet and I love it. I love it so much. Um, the other one, I can't think of her name. It was when I want to say it was either Joe Casey or Joe Kelly was writing JLA and the Martian Manhunter was trying to get oh, over Scorch, Joe Scorch, Kelly. Scorch, yes. Yeah. Martian Manhunter was trying to get over his weakness to fire. And he yeah. came to Scorch and was like, who was a villain, and said, I need you to help me with this. And they like fell in love. <laughs> like, sort of. Yeah. They I I don't think it was a sort of. I think they I, I, I mean, I think that they were probably on their way to something like that he was broken. Right? He was yeah. kind of broken. She was kind of broken. And they found each other in this place and realized like we can help each other a lot with this relationship. And it was but like everyone else was like, no, she's a villain. Absolutely not. No, she cannot come to the watchtower. She is a bad guy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. My. Uh. I have a. I have a similar. Like, if I was going to answer the unrequited one, it's also from that run, and it is Batman and Wonder Woman, uh, where they hinted, like, they hinted at this connection that was growing between Bruce and Diana. That yeah. uh, that was really great. Like organic. It, it came, was good. Came about then. organic in the story. Like yeah. it's great. That was like, I, that's what makes it it's unlikely and unrequited because it's like well, that doesn't work we we can't that's not we can't do that that's not a thing yeah and uh but it's just it's so good that kind of like will there won't they there was also something with there may, may have also she also kind of got flirty with aquaman for a while yeah um it, wonder woman man she didn't just get Dang. flirty like they had a thing for a little bit there no they didn't yeah i thought they did i thought they full no, on like were like no, they they didn't full on have anything. No, they didn't have a full on thing. No. Wasn't there something where it was like a king and a princess no. or something or no. Okay. I don't know. Maybe no. I'm remembering it wrong. I don't know. Uh, uh, my yeah, favorite for me, like I really liked the, I liked the Batman Wonder Woman. Will they or won't they think I like, I really liked that. My favorite odd couple though is Big Barda and Miracle Man. They're the weirdest couple. Mr. Miracle. Yeah. Big Barda and, Mr. and Miracle. Mr. Miracle. Are they great, are yeah. the weirdest couple and they love each other and it works yeah. so well she's the big beefy powerful you know monster warrior and he's like showman like little wiry guy that has a skate yeah, artist yeah. you know oh i always love them together and those moments when they're not in costume when they're just like being who they are when they were like living in a house together in the suburbs you know like i love that stuff me too <laughs> I, I agree love it. oh yeah so no like big barda and bunny slippers you know doing housework like yeah that's uh, oh. that's quality because so, it's like she can pick this house up from right. the foundation and she's vacuuming right so there's like a scene you know, she literally like, lifts the couch really up while uh mr miracle yeah, yeah. and someone else are sitting on it because they're eating and they're gonna drop food on the floor yeah. it's like, what is wrong no, with you I, animals I, I, <laughs> yeah no i really i do really like that like i i i think that's something that i really appreciated about um 
post-crisis DC, I guess I'd say, is that they they paid a lot of attention to personal relationships yeah. with uh, especially those minor Justice League characters. Yeah. And obviously the big bar to Mr. Miracle thing predates all that. But sure. But like his his ongoing series from the 90s is actually really good for a, a lot of that relationship stuff. Yeah. And uh, like, yeah, I love Big Bard and Mr. Miracle. Oh, totally. So great. totally great. Odd couple. Romance. It's probably a cheap way to like throw some background in for or make us care about a character. But I don't care. It works. And I love it. <laughs> so <laughs> No, I like I I'm a I am. I love love, man. I'm a big yeah. fan of fictional characters being in love yeah I give him a boyfriend and, give him a girlfriend I'm, yeah and yeah. and when it's like oh but the story dictates that they break up like every time there's drama between spider-man and mary jane or superman like i i, I do not have time for that shit i don't care i don't want to hear it i don't want to see it i don't need it yeah like i i want my characters to be in love and be happy and find the drama somewhere else right please. i Thank don't you. need superman going oh wonder woman yeah no i couldn't help but know yeah like it's like it's different if that's the character right like right. like um the adam and and uh ray palmer and gene loring like who is his ex-wife and that's their relationship that's fine of course she becomes a supervillain a murderer and a supervillain yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a whole yeah, different yeah. thing whatever um but, but even before that you know they were like they were exes and right. and like that's fine like that's their that's their role right and it can be effective like namor and sue storm for example namor is yeah. completely in love with sue storm and has yeah. been for years and, and and sue is even sort of like at times been like oh she has flirted with him he's a really good looking dude he is he's a king and you know what my husband is kind of a doofus in the lab all the time and not a very good dad (laughs) but yeah like but don't 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 give me happy couples in comics and then try to make me think they're having marital problems i am not interested in that that's silly i do like and somebody mentioned it in the twitter i can't remember or not in twitter in her facebook chat mentioned namor and sue that's a really good yeah unrequited romance there yep love it what do we got for a new question of the week? All right. At the wire, at the buzzer, this week's question was submitted by Franco American Cirillo. Thank you, Frank, because that means we did not have to come up with one. Yep. He wants to know what is your personal golden age of comics? Now, we all know the different historical ages that comics fall into mm-hmm. uh, based on like the years and whatnot. But what is the era of comics that made you? The era that defines what comic books are for you and what superheroes are to you and the books that made you the comic fan you are. Your personal golden age. I have a feeling we are going to get some answers that are going to make us go, really? <laughs> like, that's um, I would be <laughs> I would be stunned if we didn't have somebody say the New 52 is their golden yeah, age. Yeah, that's just uh, it. Like I, I, and that's fine. Uh, and we'll talk about, we'll save this uh, discussion for later, but uh, like good, yeah. I, I have, I have talked to many comic book fans that were like, yeah, new, the new 52 is what got me into right. comics. And so say what you will. Or like those it, kids that, that like, I bought Rob Liefeld's Youngblood and it was all over from sure, there. Yeah. I fell the in love with it. Yeah. Like 100%. The, the, pou- the pouch age is my, you yeah. know, my favorite era of comics. My, we will, my favorite golden age. We'll hit that next Saturday right here in cover to cover this Wednesday. The cosmic long box opens once again. And this time it's picked a theme based on president's day. It's comics starring presidents. It's going to be a fun one. Now I'm going to widen this. like it. There, there has to be something presidential going on. Like, cause I want to talk about when cap, what they wanted cap to run for president. There's an, a, Oh well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that counts. <laughs> like, that totally that counts. counts. And, but it, it has to be president right. because it's president's day. It can't just be like, 
Senator Kelly and the X-Men. Right. And, and I, no, I, we, we're talking about president stuff. Right. I'll further that. It can't be rulers, kings. We're talking presidents no, of the United presidents. States of America. Period. United States. Yeah, right. Uh, like Howard Howard the Duck for president. Exactly. You know, that kind of shit. Totally counts. I don't know if that actually happened in the comic or if that was just a joke. I think that was a joke. I, I know that they made buttons. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, yeah, I don't know if it actually I don't think happened. Howard actually ran. I can't see Howard getting. Like, Captain, but Steve, like they did, like somebody did actually want Steve Rogers to run for president. Oh, yeah. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Steve, well, we'll talk about it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm excited. Yes. That'll be this Wednesday. Thank you to everybody that tuned in, sent us voicemails, chatted with us, came in the Zoom. We talk about a lot of comics on this show, and you can find a list of them with links in our required reading in our show notes. Please go check that out and let us know if that's helpful for you guys. So, like, are you finding stuff you want to read there? Let us know. This is you know what we uh, Sarah brought it up in uh, in the in the group uh, this week. She's like, hey. I couldn't find the required reading on your website, guys. What page is it on? And John Littrell, our longtime friend, said, it's in the show notes of every episode. Yep, every episode. And so, and, and so, yeah, we know that people are looking for the show notes. We, I've heard from um, our, our uh, uh, Mark Stern from uh, Cuckoo Studio uh, said that he's gotten lots of great recommendations. So people definitely pay attention to the required reading. Um, which is why you should stop putting shit like one more day in it just because we actually said the word one more day in the podcast. Yeah, but people, I mean, it's like, no, you kind of need That's not required reading. Right. <laughs> Regardless, we'll be here next Wednesday. Have some fun in the Cosmic Long Box. Thanks to everybody who played along. But for now, thank, thank you to David for who stuck with us all the way to the bitter end. There you go. My name is Salute Matt. Salute to David. My name is Joe Patrick. And this is the Two Headed Nerd along with David Robbins signing off.